and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper, and with me is my co-host, Clay Williams. <laughs> the six C's, more like the six bloods. It's, <laughs> well, it's, you know, thank it's, you all for it, listening. Um, we're going to be back next week with... <laughs> I'm, it's, just, it's pretty bloody. You know, honestly, I did get some Kill Bill vibes. Or it's like you got like a they all got their thing, you got a team. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's like the list. It's just like there's like six different personalities. But we don't really we only see one of the we're we've only seen two of the C's. And I think we do. Oh of the six C's of the six C's in, in in the movie. Yeah. We only see um Cheng Wu is that the um the, the man uh the Chinese C and we then of course is um either Eco or or uh, Arian or Ida whichever you count I guess Ida would be since Arian was never this we'll get into this later I think yeah. we should establish well, if we're doing are, character are names are or actor names yeah uh that's that's true uh but uh we should introduce our guest and we were talking about pronunciations earlier before we started recording and I completely forgot to ask you. How do you exactly pronounce your last name? My last I name don't you pronounce it wrong. Cruciola. Technically, Cruciola. it like if it, if you were guessing Cruciola or something like that, that's actually what's what's really correct. But we have said Cruciola my whole life, so that is what we go with. Mine that's, is that's Draper. What we're gonna accept. Dra- oh, thank you. We were we were really confused <laughs> with Draper. I, I'm, I know. I'm so glad I, you just cleared that up. Clear the air. Williams. Yeah, no worries. Williams. Uh, yeah, no worries. I know. Yeah. It's just just crazy it's last names that we all have. Uh-huh. But with us today is. <laughs> Jordan, I already forgot it. Jesus Christ. Jordan Cruciola. Jordan Cruciola. Oh my God. Yeah. JC. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Not a problem. Um, Yeah. So uh, just tell everyone uh, a little bit about yourself. Just a little intro. I I am uh, a a writer, a a writer for Vulture and uh, a specialist there and elsewhere, there and on the internet, uh, in genre and horror films. And uh, I am the self-appointed ambassador of the reclamation of Jennifer's body. That's uh, it's very mm. important to my life and title. And I, you know, in the context of the movie that we'll be discussing today, The Night Comes for Us, um, I grew up probably watching more than anything um, bad action movies. This was a. I grew up in a Steven Seagal house, Van Dam, Dolph mm-hmm. Lundgren. Those were the movies that my my mom was most frequently picking up in the video store, and definitely one of like the sort of few movies that her and my dad were going to agree on. And I grew up with a lot of resentment for that particular kind of trash, even though I myself am a connoisseur of trash. But mm-hmm. I have always loved, always, always loved action movies. And although I am, I think, best, best known and most on record for, for talking about horror, I probably watch action movies as much as I do horror. And I can just, I mean, give me something from all around the globe every day with just like skull shattering, death defying, physics confusing action cinema. Mm. Uh, that uh, yeah perfect that sounds great yeah I'm, something I'm, that's like well I, choreographed and um you you can kind of disbelief as well yes in there. Yeah. yes and it, and that's i mean and that's it's really it's really one of the treasures of action cinema because you can have mm. 
there is a value to like the extremely tongue in cheek segment of action cinema where you have like your the basically your muscle movies your what really thrived in the 80s with like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger and then in the 90s you get the sort of like American martial arts surge with with Van Damme movies and like Bloodsport and The Quest and what was it Desert Heat or or Body Double I forget the one where he he plays twins um a double target or wait uh, no body <laughs> doubles to Palmer <laughs> We're we're like we are like combining six movies talking about this I'm sure and and Steven Seagal with his nightmarish like Eastern religion and martial arts appropriation but then like you can yeah. you can go the cheese route or you can go obviously our flourishing superhero route and get like your big budget massive spectacle set piece things you can go into like you combine you can combine the absurd with kind of the Marvel realm almost with the Fast series which at this point Hobbs and Shaw was basically Fast and Furious, the Marvel edition. Like, Idris Elba's <laughs> character was all but Tony Stark in that movie and, and like, a, mm. a human physics-defying creation. And you can go the really stripped-down sort of purist route, which you get more out of, more consistently out of Southeast Asia in, like, Indonesia and out of Hong Kong and Japan and just get the the emphasis really on the pure, like... Chad Stahelski is great. It's like, what if we treated every single action movie with the stunt carrying choreography of a Chad Stahelski? Well, then you get movies like you do out of Indonesia for the past five years. Mm -hmm. So there's, mm -hmm. there are so many flavors. And I feel like action cinema doesn't get sort of like the scholarly treatment that it deserves in that way. No, not at all. It, you mentioned trash you grew up on. What, what's one of the, what's one movie uh, from your childhood that you still have a special place for when it comes to trash action movies? I know right off the top of my head, and it is Under Siege 2, mm -hmm. Dark Territory, mm -hmm. the Steven Seagal special starring a very young Katherine Heigl as mm, she plays sorry. the niece of Seagal's character, and her parents have like just died in a terrible accident. So he is like picking her up, and they're either taking a trip on a train or they're just going from two, one place to another on a train. And it just so happens that the train they are on, like the Amtrak that they're on, is mm -hmm. about to be hijacked by like stateless international terrorists led by a man who used to work for American intelligence. And they're going to hijack a satellite, like a weaponized satellite right. that nobody's supposed to know about and target places throughout the world to detonate, which in the movie includes like a chemical plant in China that goes up. And so of course, Steven Seagal has to stop this plot. And the main villain is played by, uh, was it Eric Bogosian, who is just amazing in any context. Eric, hmm. of, of recent Uncut Gems fame, but keep going back into that Succession. library and find yourself in Under Siege 2 Dark Territory. Because right. he is always a standout. And that movie is so fucking bad and i i love it i i would hmm. say i watch it every time it's on but it's never on so no. i have just rented it digitally multiple times in my life to revisit it That's it's playing so in the funny. background as we speak actually and yeah, yeah i have it on as inspiration yeah, it's just on mute it's on mute yeah it's like how some people play the godfather in like a museum or something yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in fact it's like an if art, I had, art if house I had a bar, if i ran a bar and it was one of those bars that had movies playing in the background oh. under with dark territory would definitely be yeah. on that queue at some point. That would be yeah. a great like 
dinner conversation what and then like if i bar if i rented a bar it would be like robert altman's 70s yeah it'll be like you know it's a slow methodical character few ptas maybe right 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 right. yeah (laughs) jonathan demi's work you know no the way the way like Mm -hmm. that the kind of catchphrase of bogosian's character in that movie is uh chance favors the prepared mind (laughs) and i have honestly loved that and, like I'm sure that movie is not the originator of that quote, but I is that is where I first heard it, and it is kind of a bit like a sort of life mantra I do keep in the back of my mind, and the sort of like vein of make your own luck. Chance favors the prepared mind. Didn't Sometimes Matt it's not Reeves who says co-write it, that script? What is he did? I think Matt Reeves co-wrote it, or someone of note that is like that your like your eyes will pop out the moment you hear it. Let me like, like how like how J.J. No. Abrams wrote Carriers. Yes, definitely. Or, or something um, like that. Or, or no, how... he wrote he wrote uh, what was it? Uh, Joyride. Who wrote Joyride? Mm, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes oh yes, my yes. gosh, you're right. Matt Reeves, J.F. Lawton, and Richard Haddam are all credited on the screenplay. Uh, for Under Siege 2 Dark Territory, which did earn $105 million at the box office. Hey, Big Ed, Imagine Twin Peaks is in this. Everett yeah. McGill plays the top henchman of Eric Bogosian. <laughs> I can Imagine the headline when when uh, the news that ba- uh, Reeves was going to do Batman. <laughs> Under Siege 2 Dark Territory writers right. help is From the writer help the Under Bat- Siege 2 Dark Territory. <laughs> like skip like some like super Planet duper of the Apes movies headlines. that were like probably one of the most successful trilogies ever but no one cared even though they also did well at the box office there was like no cultural penetration from that Planet of the Apes trilogy which is by critical consensus hailed. Like, oh yeah, it's great. By it's all great. accounts Matt Reeves had a triumph on his hand with all of those Planet of the Eights reboots and just no one talked about it. It was they a triumph under the radar. Like a breeze. Yeah, wow. Yeah, Don Crazy. made like, I mean, it's also like tech, like cultural, like technolo- technologically in film with performance capture is like, it's huge. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, uh, just got off don't you have a little bit. No. Don't you have Andy Serkis in your five or am I crazy? I, you're not crazy. I think Andy Serkis is... <laughs> Listen, Caesar you got Kevin Garnett in your should, five. I don't know. You could you could true. go anywhere. We, you could go anywhere. Me and Jack have spreadsheets of like our person. We're, we're super nerds. We have like our personal Oscars or whatever. Like and so our five is referenced to the who we would nominate in each given year. Got it. And, I mean, um, even if that was yeah. like a list of top five babes, Andy Circus is also surprisingly <laughs> hot. So he is. He can be and a Kevin variety Garnett. of top fives. I I can't wait to see what he does with Venom. I just I just don't even know what to expect. No, I have no idea what to expect. I just, there's just no expectations for what he's going to do. <laughs> it's kind of nuts. Um, but you chose The Night Comes For Us. Yes. Um, a film I have seen once before this very podcast. Um, oh, yeah, let's all go I, on with our experiences with it. So I saw this. Uh, I'm a big fan of the first two Raid films. I think a lot of people are who even consider themselves interested in action films. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were kind of... I mean, I've, I've always been a huge fan of action films. I, it's, and I still am too. I, I think there is just either, whether it be the trash or the um, high art, I think both are valid. I think both have um, actual artistic value because mm-hmm. even if like the so-called, you know, a lot of the so-called trash is like, there are actual creative decisions made and um, 
directors actually trying to achieve some kind of style mm-hmm. or a uh, theme. Um, and I, I think that they both should be appreciated and lauded. Um, I, and so when the raid films came out and people were talking like when I was really getting into movies and action movies specifically, um, they're like, well, you got to check this out if you're really into it. Cause it's like the new things, the new deal. And I've also, and I also at that point, um, and I'm still need to get better at foreign action films. Um, that's something that I've, been lacking uh, quite um, quite a lot, honestly. But the mm-hmm. raid films are a good introduction to that kind of um, to well, Eastern action films in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of showed me, hey, like you know, there's this whole kind of type of there's this whole kind of type of new movies that are being made with completely different styles of choreography, uh, a whole bunch of new talent. Uh, mm-hmm. films that have basically uh, sure like they have american influences in but also also like influence the next thing the things you're going to see in the next five years when you look at all of the raid films um like you see everyone anyone who talks about uh action films are like oh it's like the raid or blah 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 or right. it's, it's, it's kind of like, like pretty much one what, of those touchstones it's kind of yes, like exactly. what, um seven samurai must have meant at the time like how right yeah or it's all mm-hmm. combination yeah um, and so when I saw those, I'm like, great, amazing, awesome. Um, loved, you know, loved both. Uh, and then when I heard, then I forget the see the thing with Netflix, it's hard to remember the hype around a Netflix film because they yeah. just don't promote it that well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very under the radar. I think it, I heard a few reviews saw, oh, it's connected to the raid in some way as in like, I don't know if I knew Ico was in this or not. I think I mm-hmm. had a inkling. And I knew that there were some cast members who were actually in it. I um, I knew it was Indonesian. So I'm like, okay, cool. And I heard good things and I watched mm-hmm. it and I was blown away. And it's surprisingly, and you would think that it would be talked about a little more because those raid films are held in such high regard. And yeah. there's this direct connection to those films in this, mm-hmm. even though it's a, compl- it's a different direct, uh, director um, and it's on Netflix. So you would think it would get this boom, but it, I mean, it, People in critic circles, of course, watched it, and um, I've, I, you know, I heard pretty much from like the people I follow for action movie opinions loved it. Um, but you would think that it would have more of a impact. But, but but after the first time I saw it, though, I was blown away. And like those, I mean, that third act is something. I mean, your jaw is just on the floor the entire time. It's it's truly. It has to be one of the best third acts I've ever seen in an action film period. Like, yeah. I, it's it's incredible because, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll get that into that uh, into um into that specifically. But like, I tried to recommend after I saw this, like, you know, each film nerd who knows about like the foreign films or the streaming films that aren't talked about enough will always go, "Man, you got to watch this film. No, no, no you got to watch that. You got to watch yeah. this." And so I would try to recommend it as much as I could, and um and I think and everyone who i really talked to is just like yeah it's really fucking blast it's just a great <laughs> like it's just a fun great movie yeah if um, it's the kind of yeah. action movie you want to watch that oh, is yes. in that that is sort of in that it, it, obviously in that fight heavy choreography heavy just sort of pure pain versions of an action movie if that's what you're into i can't imagine it getting referred to and watching it and being like that kind of let me down no, yeah. I think you'd be like, oh my God, that delivered on absolutely everything that was promised. Yeah. If this yeah. is your thing, this is your thing. If it is not your yeah. thing, it is <laughs> yeah. not your thing. Yes, that's 100%. absolutely 100%. Yeah. Uh, 
Jack, this was your first time watching this for the podcast, though, right? This was your was, first time watching the film. Was yeah. <clears throat> and you just the, watched the two Raid films recently for the first time. I'd seen Raid two recently, and the first Raid of your recommendation, I saw. I think I saw it at the gym. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> That's yeah, <laughs> God, remember gems? Yeah, yeah. I think because I knew it was just like an adrenaline rush, so I thought, oh, this might like go well. And it was, it was just, it was it's weird. Like movie, like you're running on a treadmill, and it's just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, um. it's it's a physical. Experience. It's a lot of that, and I think the first raid is, I I guess like we'll like clump them in together, but it's like, I I think it's still my favorite out of those because it's. It feels the most novel. I think Clay and I disagree here. Um, that I preferred the f- the first raid to the second, and I'm, of course we'll get to them at some point. Um, yeah, there's definitely be an episode of those two movies. Yeah, yeah. and I I think we could even combine them if we want. Yeah, that's I would. I we'll talk about that later. But we'll I, talk I, about I, later. I, I I thought about that as well. And yeah, so I've seen the first two raids, of course, just in time for this, and. Yeah, and now I've seen this, and I, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. it I'm a, still. It I'm was still. Hey, okay? you really liked it. It was all right. What do you think? Yeah. No. I. I think it was. Yeah. For me, I think it did grow numbing. Uh huh. Um, at some point, I can't tell you a time code where. But it's just like we're, oh, we're still go- we're still going here. It's, it felt like a it felt like a party that went when went mm-hmm. on a little too long. And you're like you got to call it quits at some point. But of course, like that's that's its energy. And yeah, I did yeah. respond to it. I was engaged, but it's just you feel like that there's a switch that is once turned on and now it's off. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think the runtime is probably the. the probably the main criticism I've heard, and you know, but you can get into that. Um, uh, it doesn't feel too hours later to me. It doesn't, but there is, I think there are pacing problems with this movie, but, um, but we can get into that a little later. Uh, but Jordan, how did you first experience the night comes? Yes. I think I, I think I came upon it because uh, I feel like one of the few bigger websites um, or more sizable ones that does good chronicling of action movies is film school rejects. And so Ooh, I was mm-hmm. looking on their like best action movies of the year list and it was number one. And mm. I wanted to watch all the movies at the list. My one criticism of uh, Film School Rejects, if they're listening, is that they constantly put things on their best of list that are not yet available in the United States. And it's like, that doesn't do me any fucking good. So mm-hmm. that's frustrating. But I, I found like that. one. And uh, I just, I couldn't have had a better time. Obviously, like you see Iko Uwais and you, you feel a sense of trust in the integrity of the the fight choreography and action coordination that's going to come your way and Mm he um he was part of the he was an action coordinator for this movie as well as the star of it uh, a star of it and i also like the i also like the fact that you get to see him play a heel because Eco is always like the pure of heart hero who's gonna like mm-hmm. save the village or save the girl or something like that or save his brother. And in this time, he actually got to be a bad guy. It was really exciting. So I was, mm-hmm. I was really interested in, in getting to finally see him play that role. And I just, I have a pretty sizable TV in my house that belongs to my roommate. And so I really felt like I got to have as much yeah. as one could have like an, an in-home television 
full impact experience that's not like an actual home theater. I, I, I feel like I really honored the 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 nooks and crannies of the violence in this film. Oh, and felt like so you were it really in the warehouse threw me back boys. on the couch. Yeah. And I also find, I think the sort of central, I think the heart of the film too actually comes through pretty well. Like I do feel attached to to Ito's character um, in how he's trying to protect this little girl. Like Joe Taslin plays the character of Ito. He's one of the, the great feared uh, six C's elite assassins of this organized, kind of essentially organized crime group. And I, I like that the thing that breaks him finally, where he has to turn away from this life of, of, of mercenary violence, is that it's this little girl. And then he goes back to the woman that he left behind years ago at this point. And then you learn too that the reason he left in the first place was because some fuck up guys in his gang got in over their heads. Mm -hmm. So he essentially became a C to sacrifice himself for them. And I like all those unfolding layers. And I, when done well, and I'm a big fan of, I think Scott Pilgrim is obviously the perfect example of this movie because it's literally like staged like a video game. I like when executed mm -hmm. extremely well, that final boss style, that video game boss style yeah, of progressions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you absolutely get that in this movie. You get the wild and crazy butcher. You get the like corresponding like yin and yang lesbian assassins. You get the amazing, um, the operator, a character called the operator played by Julia Estelle who ends up being on the same side as Ito. But then you're working up finally to where you get this mm. two sides of the coin confrontation between Aryan, Iko Uwais' character and Ito. And I love it, like every, somehow, no matter how bug fuck crazy each of those progressive battles gets, they still manage to top it every time when the, each of the fights you see feel kind of like the most intense thing you would see in any other movie. And yet this sure. movie manages to best itself over, the hand, over a handful of like the most intensely, the most intense continuous onslaught attack fight scenes you've ever seen. And I just... It blew my mind. I was so happy. I came home for Christmas break. I was like, dad, we've got to watch this. I've watched it multiple times since then. I just, I can't get enough. Wow. It's, yeah. it, it, it's definitely one of those movies that makes you, it makes an impact. Whether you yes. hate it or, or hate it or love it, it's an impactful movie because it goes there. You cannot say it does not hold, it does not hold back a single thing. Um, no, it does not. It knows, it knows and, what it uh, is. It really does. Let's it knows all exactly the cliches, what it is. Right, for criticism. Oh, yeah. It's, it yeah. understands, like, it understands the whole layout of the whole thing. And, Jordan, you're talking about, like, video games um, and, like, that progression of, like, a bunch of minions then to the mm -hmm. boss and stuff like that. I, like, and this is more like a visual aspect, but I, I like, in my notes, I specifically call it, I, it, a lot of the times it feels like a comic book. And the same mm -hmm. of, like, in yeah. the way it, the cinematography and the cu the cutting itself it's very like i could just see it as like a panel and i mean mm -hmm. also it's such a great like the colors on this movie are really like i think overall besides wonderful. the action course it's a gorgeous i was just gonna movie. say yeah yeah it does it's one good. of the more underrated aspects of well i mean action movies in general you don't hear about oh the cinematography a lot but right. this movie is just really just it's beautiful i mean that it puts to shot, use its digital cinematography yeah definitely um mm -hmm. especially how it, it you know in those uh neon filled landscapes i think it really yeah. does well but also like that opening shot of the ocean it just like pans down to the little girl on the beach yep. it's really cinematic yeah it's, it like, is 
and a lot of these a lot of the times these like these movies these um like the indonesian action films they don't necessarily get a huge budget they don't you know and i mean you know uh action films in general that aren't a big blockbuster don't get a huge budget so Mm -hmm. but it does not it feels really like it does not feel stripped down in the sense of or has like or these it felt like there were crunching or like uh what's the what's the term um whatever but like they weren't um they weren't stressed with money or whatever it does not feel like that watching it even though they probably were um it felt very confident and also it it, a lot and you can tell i mean with most act most most good action movies there's probably a lot of uh, pre-planning there's a lot of um staging rehearsal and um storyboarding and i could tell that a lot of this film was storyboarded because uh-huh. uh, I mean that kind of goes to the comic book thing, but there's the way, the way how each hand movement, you know, in connect, look with its kinetic energy, um, it cuts when you know you, uh, when a hand goes on basically on a head, it cuts to maybe a, a shot of the hand on the back of the head, and then him like slamming down the head. It cut like there's these like deliberate choices that just felt like very methodical, very well thought out. No, I, I, just... I hear what you're saying. And I, I think too that that, I think that is something that gets at to why I find, I find such an, a strong additional appeal in films. I, in, in intense genre films, I see out of South Korea, Indonesia, um, Japan, I find that there is just sort of, there's a conventional wisdom about cinematography of these fight scenes that makes the, makes the hits seem harder. Like action movies in the, in the States cut away differently. We have a different philosophy around how action is supposed to look on screen. <coughs> Excuse me. But aside from the virtuoso violence that you see in The Night Comes For Us, just the way that it is shot increases the, the impact and weight of shot of every punch and every kick throughout the entire movie. And that's something you just don't see as consistently here unless it is something like a John Wick movie, which has become its own sort of style of action here in the United Mm -hmm. States that sets apart from the way we typically conceive of these films and is more reflective of how Southeast Asian films look and feel. True. I mean, there's a huge, you could tell there's just a huge influence influence that Stahelski and uh, Leach take from those films. Mm -hmm. Um, But also like, I think a difference, you're talking about like difference between how Americans shoot action, how, um, you know, uh, East, you know, Eastern Asia countries uh, shoot action. Uh, contact. It shows contact. I think uh-huh. that's really important. Um, yeah. A lot of times you cut away from that contact. You cut, or, like, or there's this small cut that, you know, or there's this quick cut that feels like you kind of miss the impact of that punch. Yeah. Or yep. you don't feel like there was like actual contact to the face. Yeah. And I mean, these guys are such great professionals that they have basically mastered a way where you can hit someone and make it look like it's as hard as you could possibly hit someone and they'll actually make contact but it won't actually hurt like not that much though when this movie ended i was like i mean i guess most of these guys really died like (laughs) it it was over and i was like so all those people were were, the performers are no longer with us yeah (laughs) like (laughs) man really big you know big ups to the to the ensemble performance of the fighters in this movie who gave their lives in service of the night comes for us because there's no way they came out of that in one piece. I was watching it. My dad was like, how the hell did they do that? I was like, I don't know, dad. Maybe workplace regulations are different. Like, I just don't know how you make things look like this Mm. and have people survive. And I, like, 
maybe maybe it sounds barbaric, but the fact that every like that this movie makes it seem like every person's life in it is actually in jeopardy is a huge appeal for me. Yeah, right. Right. Oh, it feels it feels so much more investing and like exhilarating, honestly. Just yeah. kind of like you're just it's just the the beauty of this movie is you have, in each action set piece, every single one you have have no life you have no fucking idea what's going to come next no you really don't no like at, at each each movement each decision that each actor or character i guess makes you just have no idea you don't know that he he's going to use a fucking uh a whole like a I don't know what you call it, a net of pool balls to <laughs> yeah. bash someone's head in. You have yeah. no idea that's going to happen. You can no. sort of predict that. It just it's very much happens. like Jackie Chan inspired with the way that the obstacles around him are used. I found, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. like Jackie Chan without the comedy. Yeah, <laughs> I get. It's like not funny. It's like if Jackie Chan was serious. <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. that's serious. Well, it draws to, it, it makes, it makes, you know, we're, we're very familiar with characters as gods because we see like characters as like literal actual gods and immortals and, and superheroes all the time. But something that, that this movie and like drawing on the tradition of like Bruce Lee and most more Bruce Lee than Jackie Chan because Jackie Chan did so often put himself in a sort of a comic relief context. But this, and but like Donnie Yen and Bruce Lee, this mm. like human as superhuman like making characters within them making the actors within them feel mythic by virtue of what they are managing to pull off and and that was something that that it might have been right before we started talking or right at the beginning of when clay you referenced like kill bill that was something that that so that so resonates with me about that movie is how mythic the bride feels and that is something that draws, I think, from the Almost like a Mad Max martial arts cinema. Yeah. And this movie has that sense of, of mythos behind it in a way that's like, and it feels so efficient. Like you said, it doesn't necessarily, it didn't, wasn't necessarily expensive, but like the perfect use of all the resources that this movie was given to make these men seem like they were forged of iron and dropped from the clouds, like that is incredible. And it is it is. I, I before we started, I did say I will argue that this is the best action film of the 2010s, and that's why I, I think there isn't a. To me, there isn't a loose moment in it, and it manages to innovate on its extravagant premise throughout the entire movie, which is an incredible thing when you're running a marathon at the speed of a sprint, like the night comes for us is, and and I think that's that's aided by the fact that. Timo Chayanto, the, the director, the Indonesian gentleman who directed the movie, he also directed um, Made the Devil Take You. And he directed one of the best segments from the VHS uh, anthology. Uh, he's, that he's I have seen. Too. He did yeah. Safe Haven. And he has such a strong sense of horror. I think mm. that really factors in to how like enjoyable and thrilling even the most grisly aspects of this movie are because he's so deft in both the action in both the genres of pure action and and in really like traditional kind of like scare the shit out of you horror. Do you remember yeah. what segment of VHS it was? It was uh it was in it was called Safe Haven. It was in number two. It's where yeah. I think it's like a documentary film crew goes to that compound, either I think it is in Indonesia, and mm. suddenly he finds himself in the middle of the suicide yeah. cult and there's that guy with like the bloody symbol carved into his chest. Yeah. Didn't Gareth yeah. Evans also do the VHS? Like, I think, like, didn't a whole bunch of, like, Indonesian or Indonesian-adjacent directors? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Like, because Gareth, Gareth Evans, Evans start, have, yeah. Because, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, like, yeah, he directed 
because I think they're actually our collaborators too. I mean, it, it, you feel like they would run in the same circles, like especially, um, you know, Timo directed a film before this with Eco. It's called Headshot, apparently an action movie. I have not seen it. I want to Oh, Headshot it. is, if you like, I actually think I prefer Headshot to The Raids. I think Headshot takes the raids and it kind of like refines them a little bit. I mean, I love a fight to the top movie. I, mm. I think one of, I hope somebody else for your exiting the 2010 series picks Dread because that oh, is absolutely oh the best fucking movies that came out in the last oh, 10 years. What have you done? And that like the, um, the amazing like dark chutzpah that Alex Garland brought to that infusing like mm. American comics with mm. the trope of sort of like the kill your way to the top that we see oh. from these almost video game style action movies that <laughs> coming out of Southeast Asia, perfection, absolute mm. perfection. I, I, just to let you know something about me, Jordan, I, I am an incredibly huge <laughs> fan of the motion picture Dread. Uh, she I am should be, like, and Lena Headey is one of the great villains fucking, of the 2010s. Oh, she's so good. I, I just, I, I, I think of, like at five times a day, I think about how Carl Urban with like pure gravel in his voice says mama. <laughs> yeah. Just like, I think about that. It just like, it dawns on me like five times a day, just like, he said that. And it was great. <laughs> I just, I loved it. Just, and Donald Gleason is like the weird hermit computer guru that Mama so, exploits and keeps it's us. It's such light. a weird film. Oh God, I love it. I love yep, it. I love yep, it. Irish brother this Donald is, Gleason. It exists in this tradition. Like these are these are the action movies for people who want the hard shit. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't I couldn't adore them more. No, and and Headshot yeah. Two is on Netflix. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, I got I got I think like, you know what? Go see. I'm gonna Headshot. watch that tonight. I'm gonna watch that. Tonight. Ooh. I'm gonna do. That's what I'm gonna do. Ooh, hey now, I'm gonna put the hammer down. Yeah, and, and then you, mm-hmm. I will say another one too. Uh, not to make this all about other movies, but if this is the kind of movie that you like, and the, I think in the way that this movie, like you said, it's re- like you were you were saying earlier, um, Jack, how relentless it is. It's like maybe it does have a numbing effect for some people, and that makes total sense. If you want to test your kind of endurance for that sense of a numbing effect, there's a movie on Netflix called By Bust that I believe mm-hmm. is Filipino. And it takes mm-hmm. place entirely in a labyrinthine slum over the course of one night where a group of like narcotics agents in. go in to bust a gang. <laughs> but it the entire thing goes cattywampus and they end up fighting not Ooh. only the gang, but the residents of the slum because mm-hmm. they're tired of violence being brought to their doorstep. And it is all close quarters, like mm-hmm. claustrophobic, just beat the shit out of people to the point of exhaustion. <laughs> Incredible gosh. action. Really? By bust. By bust. bust. Yeah. Got it. I feel Added. like that has to be the most just like literal direct translation of its yeah. native language to English. By bust. By, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it's it, was, it went just... from an idiom surely to like just like we don't are not going to make this better. Like it's yeah. just you can't get much more transparent. It's direct. Yeah. It's true. It's just this is the <laughs> yeah. film. By bust. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. I'm just going to be like, damn, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like throughout that's, that whole that's thing, what like these I movies was. do it's a mm. lot of just like grimaces and grunts and oh yeah. oh god um, <laughs> uh, it truly like, does show what a thin line there is between horror and action because maybe that you were getting there but it's like it, it's it's one they're one i mean like all i think many like many genres that they can be blended together and if done correctly then it can be quite historic and and with this, well, the, it's, your, it's your communal experience genres, like the one yeah. where you want to be either mm. with a group of people or just shoveling concessions into your face 
and just like double fist pump, like, yeah, they're that kind of movie. They're the movie yeah, right. that, makes, that makes you hope, the movies that make you hope theaters make it through. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like they're, and they both inject a sense of adrenaline. Yeah. Um, like, it, like whether it be an action film or a horror film. Um, and they're also, I think, they're one of the more visceral films too. You feel like a good action film, you feel each punch and you're kind of just mesmerized by it. In yeah. horror film, you're you're incredibly terrified. You're like terrified, or you're at least like you have your your body is so tense that you can barely move. I like, mean, like like think like people ask me why horror movies are my favorite movies, and it is it's the only movie where you are as best you can one to one empathizing with the lead characters on screen to the point where you know you are watching a movie. But some people are so made, made so scared by watching them that they actually can't do it. Like mm-hmm. the idea that you could be so convinced that something fatal is going to be happening to you just because you're watching it happen to other people on a screen. It is a phenomenal thing for visual art to be able to do is convince you that you're going to die while you're <laughs> sitting in your house because fake people in front of you are dying. Like, you can watch a love story and, like, feel love in your heart, and you can watch an action movie and feel like you're taking each of the hits, but, like, ultimately you don't get the bruises, but, like, you watch a really scary horror movie, you're sleeping with the lights on. You're like, or that was the movie that, like, made me know I can never watch these things again. The incredible power to loop you in to what is the action happening on screen. Like, that is why, that is why genre film will always have my heart. It's the, it's the concert going experience of the Mm. cinema. It can show how how big our empathy can grow. It can yeah, show, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It could show the value or like the effect you're talking about, like how it could like tr- tr- like how movie like how certain movies can traumatize a person. Yeah. Like romantic comedies don't traumatize people. Well, at <laughs> yeah. least I hope not. Um, but like horror films, you watch it at the wrong age. I still haven't gone over Blue Valentine. I, <laughs> I mean, shit. <laughs> yeah. That's. We're going to cover some, I'm sure. Not a romantic comedy, but... (laughs) But, like, you want someone... You you know, you ever talk to someone, I can't do horror films. I watched X movie when I was five years old and and never could do it. I'm like, yeah, man. Like, like, that can really fuck you up. Like, Jack, how how old were you when you watched The Shining? You always tell me this and I'm always amazed. (laughs) I was eight years old. Eight years old. Yeah, my best friend's older brother showed us what he deemed the scariest movie of all time. And that's always intriguing to an eight-year-old with that kind oh, yeah. of title. My first so. movie memory of ever is Hellraiser when I was three. Mm. Holy. Wow. Yeah. I, wow. I remember vividly, like my parents got the VHS and I remember so clearly watching Frank emerge from the goo and the oh blood and the gore in the attic and being like, whoa. Are you a functioning human being? Like, and that, like that, I, I, I couldn't tell you many other things that happened when I was three for sure, but that definitely left an impression. I, don't, I still, I, I still, yeah, I still get that weird feeling whenever I hear the, like the main theme. Yeah. Oh, the, the, like yeah, the, like, uh, boom, boom, boom. Like when you watch <laughs> like that the, Dr. Sleep trailer, you're probably like, I need to, yeah, I, I, I was a little shaking right now. Yeah. A little triggered. I, so it's like, I, I, I go a little further with Danny's experience, Danny Torrance. Well, and I think I, um, I think yeah. I, I think that I think Timo has a very strong sense of that. Like, I if you follow him on Twitter too, like he's a not Great hold that kind of guy. Great and follow. And his movies are like his movies are very visceral. 
his movies have a set, like they have a very keen sense of how to weed, like wheedle into your brain or get under yeah. your skin. And I think incorporating that, like that embrace of brutality and sort of audience discomfort that comes with horror. I think that's one of the things that I respond to most in the night comes for us because it has that kind of like, it, it triggers that empathy in you with the intensity of the violence that you're watching. And for me also, like in the, in the way that the great action thing that it incorporates too, is that great nemesis showdown. You have like almost at a fantasy level, the sort of faded rivalry between these two best friends, Ariane and, and Ito. And so when you see them come together in the end, I remember like, I was like, when are they going to do this? When are they going to, when are they going to finally have it out? And you see them staring across from each other in that warehouse. You're like, Oh my God, it's, fucking everything because you've seen at this point if you're more if you're more familiar with Iko Uwais then you know that he's gonna bring it no matter what and by that point you're so aware of how <clears throat> excuse me of how Joe Taslim is going to is going to take it all to the next level too you're like oh I'm I'm in for it I am I am in for the absolute best these two men have and then it becomes even more of a slog than I think anybody is prepared for. Like those last, those last exchanges of blows when they're basically just dead on their feet. You're just like, God, somebody tap out. Can you both just agree mm, you did yeah. a great job and walk away? Oh my God. <laughs> so this is going to go in another direction for a second, but have either of you seen Seven Days in Hell, the Andy Samberg I uh, have not, documentary. actually have not. The, the tennis one, right? Oh, yes. That's what's Kit Haring yeah. said, no, too. No, I haven't seen yeah. that yet. I well, heard it's one that. of the funniest things I've ever seen. And <laughs> I bet. At the very damn, I guess this is a spoiler, but you know, it, it's it's what I was going to. <laughs> one of the But they're both they like, like really exhausted by it. Yeah, they're both That's really the exhausted by yeah. <laughs> it's they're a seven, seven day, days of tennis. <laughs> uh, tennis tournament for those that do not know. And they have ce- celebrity confessionals throughout. And one <laughs> of the celebrity confessionals just goes, and then it ended. They killed each other. And that's <laughs> what I instantly thought of when we were like maybe 45 to an hour into that final fight, where it's like, my gosh, they it, it, they they will not stop. This is <laughs> this is endless. And I guess I guess that's a good and bad thing. True, because it's like it is um it is like a ballet. That's yeah. Why it, that, a ballet comes to mind for me. It, it, it always has with John Wick. It, it, it did for the yeah, raid. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's what I think that's what the most well-executed action is. It, it's a ballet. It's it's an operatic display of violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also like a show of like it's a weird word to use when it comes to where like it's just it's bloody mayhem. But it's grace. There's a lot of grace and athleticism in each movement, which is yep. dance. Um, yeah. And I think it, it also it's a lot of technical skill, just weight like footwork and weight, knowing exactly how to place your hand on someone's arm so it doesn't yep. break. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's 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 heavy shit. Um, funny enough though, you, you um, that I actually have another thing that made that whole final fight kind of made me think of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not because it's it, it's not a comedy, but it's it's somewhat it's different from this film. Um, me and Jack watched They Live the other day. Oh, yeah. It was the first yeah. time he saw it. This was like my second time. Cast and Bubblegum. Huge. I'm a huge Carpenter stan, and I love that movie. And I, we were watching it. I was, I just, I, when we get to that, there's this famous fight scene with, um, uh, God. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Rowdy Roddy Piper and uh, Keith. Uh, Wow, I just forgot all of the names. Um, he's like my favorite guy. Uh, but um, it's is it Keith uh, David? 
Keith David, David. yeah. Thank you. God. All right. That's embarrassing. But yes, uh, Roddy Roddy Piper and Keith David, the like famous, you know, parking lot brawl where they just go at each other and just start wailing at each other for like this is the one with Michael Myers for for those that don't know. (laughs) Yes, this is the same uh, um, same guy. Um, But no, it's just like it's an exhausting fight and it just Mm -hmm. does not end. And they keep punching and punching (laughs) and punching until they're dead of exhaustion. And that's what like. And you're talking about, um, Jordan, you're talking about earlier about like how these films can present um, some of the characters as gods or people of like, yeah. you know, crazy technical skill. But I always, but m- some of my favorite action films also show they're really fucking tired. They're so yes. tired. They've no, been fighting for right. you're absolutely two right. hours. They need a yeah. nap. They're just, they need a they, nap. Like, <laughs> I can't <laughs> do this anymore. They need to go bed yeah. and I, it gets sloppier. It gets, you know, it, it gets slower. It gets, you know, it feels like, again, it feels like everything that you've seen also like matters. Like it's not just, it feels like it's been in one continuous. It doesn't feel like there's been cuts or breaks, even no, though there it are doesn't. clear it cuts. No, it doesn't. It feels like it's one shot, even though it's not. You just feel like it's just con- a continuous. They've not stopped for break. They have not stopped for lunch. They have just kept <laughs> yeah, nobody stopped killing each lunch. other. Yeah, exactly. And and you feel that when you're talking about like how numbing it is and it can be exhausting and that's what a, the great fights do. I mean, that'd be funny. It, if they just really like, cut to all the men like a Chipotle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, cut, cut, sitting down. Uh, on those can I get a just like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm so tired. All right. I guess we have to do this in a minute. Beans, no rice. Like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, God. yeah. None of these yeah, guys just look outrageous. I think that's really no, good. No, no. Yeah. They'll just look like they're hot, but they're not. But I, right, Dude, no, not king guys, yeah. No, and I, I think that has, I, uh, as much as I, as much as I, I truly do love superhero movies. Put them in my veins. I cannot wait for Phase Four. I cried for the last full twenty minutes of Endgame. Like, just I, I, I. If you, if you told me to put together like the top five action movies wait, of the last decade, Endgame. Five. I don't. Is this a new? But, yeah. What, what, what movie sure. are you talking about? Avengers. Is this Endgame? like a, a little indie project. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, um, it's a little movie that could. Hopefully more a, people see it and it finds its audience. Um, it's from IFC. That's how I know it. It's an IFC <laughs> it movie. IFC I'm sorry. Wait, I thought it was it from played, Neon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It played well, I, at the Lincoln Center for a few weeks. and then just. <laughs> it was a Metrograph yeah, special. It. It was a Metrograph. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, like, if I, if I was making, like, my top five action movies of the decade – um, this is number one for me. I think Endgame is obviously in that just for what it was able to pull off, the oh, scope of what it was able to pull off. Not to mention it looked really fucking cool. And I'm a total stan for the A-Force moment when all the women are on the battlefield and they come together. Because you know what I do when I'm in a party that's like 90% men? I gravitate toward the women as well. That's not unrealistic. It wasn't crazy for all the ladies to be in one spot. We go to the bathroom in a group. Why wouldn't we go fight bad guys in a group? That <laughs> makes total sense. Get over it. And then another one would be Haywire. Because, Ooh. Yeah. right, right, because it too so is such a, a demonstration so of efficiency with resources and clarity of purpose. And I think that one of the things that this movie really has is that clarity of purpose. And it serves as like, much like Haywire does, even as extravagant as the night comes for us feels, it still manages to be like a palate cleanser because Oh my God, I love all, all, even number two, all of the Mission Impossible movies, all of the Fast movies. I pretty much 
only maybe I don't I don't care about Iron Man 2. Besides that, I love all of those Marvel movies. But it's nice to sort of just like have it wiped clean, clean a little bit and be like, oh yeah, there's an alternative to that. Like this narrative around like, you know, well, oh, Hollywood only makes one kind of thing. It's like, yeah, well, guess what? Hollywood's not mm. the only place that makes movies. And if you sure. want to watch insane musical action movies you can watch hindi and indian films like you can yeah. watch bahubali and watch a fucking six hour period piece brother versus brother epic mm. with songs and musical numbers like all of these movies that you may not be able to find Hin Dragon, that studios don't example. make they exist elsewhere so go and just like cleanse that pal a little bit with a movie out of hong kong do with a movie out of South Korea, out of Indonesia. Like, it's just out of Philippines. They're waiting for you. Mm-hmm. It is. Now I'm thinking about Haywire. And oh. <laughs> if we want to get, like, the least amount of outrageous to your Schwarzeneggers and Stallones of the world, like, we end with Ewan McGregor as, like, an accountant. Yeah. And you play, like, like, a middle manager. It's like, um, I think Michael Fassbender is... Just going I haven't to town. seen it. <laughs> Just I going to town it. on him. <laughs> yeah. That fight, the fight scene between Gina Carano and Michael Fassbender is one of oh is absolutely one of the best fight scenes of the of the 2010s. It's also on it's Netflix. Very good. Yeah, it is. If, yeah. if you want oh, to do a double feature headshot haywire tonight, it's also only like an hour <laughs> and 29 minutes, and it features yeah. a delightful little muted Great turn cast by Bill Paxton. Too, like um, M- Michael Douglas, Antonio Banderas. Yep. You yeah, McGregor, really Michael good. Douglas, Antonio Banderas, yeah. Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like really good Bill cast. Paxton. Bill Paxton. Michael Fassbender. Come on. Yeah. It's Soderberg. Like, oh, yeah. Ray- Steven Soderbergh. He's going to make a movie yeah. for $9, and it's going to be about this <laughs> MMA fighting champion. Who and he's going to make, and he's gonna make another one two months and it's later. it's super believable. <laughs> I mean, he's had seven movies this decade. Where do we even start? <laughs> We're not doing the laundromat. I'm guessing we're not starting nah, with that. Movie. I'll, I'll do the laundromat. I'll talk laundromat. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe another time. I think um, another. I think another. I'll talk way Magic Mike. I'll talk. Oh, what Magic else we got? Ooh, um, Magic Mike too. Oh, High Flying oh, yes. Bird. Oh, High Flying boy. Bird. Um, that's my movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't think I liked Logan Lucky when I first saw it. Logan then Lucky? I saw it the second time. Was yes. like, oh no, I really like Logan. Lucky. Oh, and the retirement. Like that's a big thing in his in his arc this decade too. Like, oh right, quick. yeah, yeah. The re- the retirement. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think the another next. way in which I think another way in which we need to honor the night comes for us is its tremendous ensemble. There are oh, so such good. great side characters in this movie that do exactly the job they are supposed to do. Julia Estelle as the operator is so perfect as just Literally like, kill probably me. probably the like single best fighter in the entire movie. But it's just like, no, she's just going to be sprinkles. She's not going to be the main event. You're just going to see a little bit of her and you're going to keep wanting more. And then you have the amazing, uh, you, have, you, have, you have the amazing lesbians, uh, Alma and Elena, who are like your, the literally strong female characters who barely talk and are clearly just mm. like sadists. And just when you think like the movie's kind of going to start retreading the same ground, you get that great interlude between Alma and Elena versus the operator and the beautiful oh. cinematography of that entire scene in the apartment complex with like bisexual lighting coming in from the outside. <laughs> like it is so that the, the fight scene between, I forget which one it's Alma or Elena, but like the one with the blonde hair and the operator where it's yeah, just like that the... knife fight in the hall. Yeah. I thought that was one of the strongest set pieces of the entire movie. And mm. then you have white boy Bobby. You have white boy oh, Bobby. Shout out to Bobby. Shout out most, to 
bat. Literally the most character. intense film to intense character to ever be on film. My He's God. just the most intense person ever. It's like they just found him on the street and they were like, just do you and like, don't hurt anybody, but we're going to film you. Yeah, he's like fully homeless. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I think really? if, there, if Then It Comes For Us did have a Donnie Yen-esque mythic figure, I think it would be the operator. Just because yeah. you, oh, think, you think that she does have like actually invincible. Yeah. Uh, She's also like, and the feels pure, omniscient. Like, yeah. Right, right. Very like, and just like a, a pure mus- mysterious character. Like, yeah, like, I was gonna bring that up yeah. too. Like, just en- enigmatic enough where yeah. you're like, okay, I can let this slide. Like, one, okay, first thing, motorcycle. I definitely helmets. begged Timo on Twitter for a spinoff just called The Operator, starring Julia. Well, Stone. apparently, he like I saw this. It's, and this is on IMDb trivia, so who the fuck knows if it's right? But <laughs> he Under said, but there, the direct. Yeah, director uh, Timo Tijanto hinted that only two out of the six members of the six. Oh no, wait. Er, nope, nope. That is actually. I, I just, <laughs> I just saw this. What basically, I, I, what I saw was that the sequel would be with Estelle. This would be a planned trilogy, and the sequel would be with um, the operator oh. hunting down the rest of the uh, six C's. Because, like we mentioned earlier, there's only two six C's in this whole movie. Right. Yeah. You only get two out of the four, so it's one third. Oh. <laughs> There are okay. so many more C's to cross. Yes, seriously. Um, but yeah, no, she's great. I mean, like, motorcycle helmets are great. We can, I think yes. we can all agree. I mean, I, motorcycles, great. I don't know about motorcycles. So that, you know, I, I don't have an opinion. But the helmets are pretty cool. No, you're absolutely correct. And when she comes out with, like, you know, like, you know, she just kills a whole bunch of people after, um, like, uh, uh, that just shot. Uh, what's the, what's his friend's name? I I just completely forgot. Oh, uh, not not white boy Bobby and not Ito. Faith, uh, faith, faith. Oh yeah, faith. Mm. Oh Fati. Yeah, Fati. he he yeah he just gets like mowed down um, after after like oh, yeah. at the car, and, and he's like the car's crashed and he's lifeless, and then like a silencer just like hits one guy and then they just they just she takes them all out. Yeah, she yeah. Walks in. She walks out of the shadow. Very cool. Yeah. And <laughs> you just see her. You see her in this black. Uh, motorcycle helmet, all leather, and then the helmet, like the visor, like de-smokes or whatever. Like it doesn't lift <laughs> up; it just like, goes clear all of a sudden. And I just like, oh, okay. Was, like, the most I did not know I ever. needed this until I had it. And like, oh my god! Like it just, I think her fight with uh, Elena and Alma, yeah, parallels and like. You would think when you have this incredible final fight scene with um, Iko and Joe, yeah, that, like you would think that there is nothing like to put another fight scene with it would be undercut the whole film, undercut that scene because nothing yeah. can compare. I think their fight. I think those final. I think with no. You I'm, know, with you, the, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think it. I think they're. I don't know if which one's better, but they're on the same level. No, I think they're and, totally on the same level. I right. agree. And it's just because it's also. What great action films do is be inventive, be distinct, be unique, mm-hmm. and also be fun. The um, Alma's weapon, like the freaking yo-yo thing, when do you see that in movies? You don't. Yeah. Like, it's dope, and it's creative. And, like, uh, Elena's weird, like, like scythe, or not scythe, but these, like, weird, like, I think they're, like, these, like, Egyptian blades or whatever. Yeah, these blades that she's, like, they look like ancient weapons that she's exactly. carrying with her. And, like, and they also have distinct looks, like, I mean, also, like, it, it, another reason why I feel like it's comic booky is because it's very visual. 
Yeah. Whereas very, these distinct visual, I mean, also like the way it builds its own lore with the 60s, blah, blah, blah. That's, yeah, you totally. know, that could be seen as comic booky, but like visually, we talked about the colors, we talked about the cinematography, but each character has their own unique look. Like, Bob, there's no one who looks like fucking Bobby. No, Bobby no, is, why, why, like, and, and, crazy. And the butcher, the butcher. The, very, very distinct as well. I mean, like that whole, it, it it visualizes each character and makes you kind of like, oh, this is who they are. This yeah. is their function. Yeah, yeah. Um, it also right. is great for action choreography because you can always tell who's fighting who. Yes. Um, which is a big problem, especially in American films, with, uh, a lot of the time, I think. No, you're right. Um, no, I think that's a really good point. You, there's a very big distinction between your actual... Your, your meaty characters and your red shirts, basically. Like, the yes. red shirts, like, your crazy 88s that pour in en masse. And then, but, like, your your main people are the ones who are essentially, like, I, like, I totally know what you mean by, like, you can totally imagine this movie as comic book panels and seeing, mm-hmm. like, the sort of faceless henchmen in, like, a sort of sea of color. They're all gray. And then you have, like, your lycra-clad shooting flames hero at the center of it. Like, Eco wears right. these, like, really expensive suits that no one yeah. else wears. And you see, like, again, vis- like, each character has their own kind of visual style, their costume. I mean, um, Elena's hair is, like, yep. it's, like, like dreads or whatever, or, like, like, ha- like, like half-cut. Yeah, yeah braids. the side shave with the braids coming down on one side. Um, and, like, Estelle is very, like, you know, it seems like she has, like, the most, like, combed perfect hair. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's just... I, yeah, I, I just, I think this movie on like a visual level, you know, story-wise, I think it has merit, but it, maybe it's not the strongest thing ever, but visually sure. and constructually, I think it's just a extremely well done movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It does succeed visually. Yeah. 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 It, it's so, yeah. It, for what it, it really for like what it detracts, like when it's narrative, like we've, we've seen it. Yeah. It's not like they're trying to reinvent the wheel, but it's, it's also like not that great of a wheel, so they they recognize that. <laughs> it's like, okay, so how can we improve in other areas? And it's like, so let's let's give everybody a thing. So, well, and I think yeah. it does. I think it does a really good job with complementing the sort of with that with those distinct character flourishes, complementing them with these really great like video game esque kind of special locations where you have that great mm-hmm. fight scene near the beginning with yes. Ariane laying out that guy in the dance club in that like you know saturated purple and blue lighting where he beats someone to death with a wine bottle and then just like casually takes a phone call you have the whole fight scene with the butcher that takes place actually in a meat freezer with this oh, so creative psychopath. so creative it's, it's a so great creative. idea like it's the- a where do we want to put a set piece where there's a whole bunch of fucking knives and hooks and shit. <laughs> yeah. okay. that's where we put it Murder by disposal. way of breaking an animal's leg bone and oh my stabbing God. someone with it. Ugh. That's awesome. This movie That's just fucking gross. awesome. Mm. Yeah. I mean, no, yeah. I, I mean, like you are talking it, about like, yeah, the I, warehouse, I the, the apartment. I love hyperbole and I love big colors and big things. And this movie kind of, it gives me that visual deliciousness of a superhero movie in the way that I like those so much with that commitment to like action in its most pure and foundational form, which is just people fighting each other, which is what you get in Haywire. Which right, is two people want to hurt each other. Yeah. yeah, I get yeah. it all in this movie. I get it all. Yeah. I mean, also, and we were talking about horror films. I mean, like, I don't want to say, like, this is the goriest film ever made, but I kind of want to say it. <laughs> for I think for action, which hues toward... 
Um, it, it, it isn't gory. I feel like this movie, this movie adheres more to horror rules of gore than it does action movie rules of gore. I agree. And there, there too, I get to have it all. I get to have both of those things that I love because I love the blood and bone. And that is something that I will like when I'm like, you know, I go to like Netflix and I go to, I go to the night comes for us. I'm like more movies like this because exactly (laughs) I want to see more movies like that. And I'm not really going to find a parallel for it, but it's like, if you can give me something that makes me feel the complete sensorial experience that this movie does in the action vein, I'm going to, I'm going to turn out for it. That was another reason why I loved um, one of my favorite South Korean films is um, I saw the devil which is basically an action horror revenge movie. And that movie, it has, it it absolutely adheres to horror rules of gore, but it has the beat down commitment to action choreography and fighting than that an action movie, that an action movie does. And so it, it tilts more, whereas this movie, like, I think they both walk on the split, but where this one tilts more toward action, that one tilts more toward horror, but it gets like, the genre blending that I get to have between the two like I think that's one thing that international cinema you know historically does better than than American cinema is I I think from 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 most any country but acutely in South Korea is that comfort of blending genre and playing sort of outside prescribed boxes Mm -hmm. and that 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 makes me very glad they're more comfortable with what they're doing also raw comes to mind for goriest movie I think I've ever seen Oh God! Or one of them. Raw is. I mean, I think it's astonishing, but just it, interesting. It is. It's a beautiful. Yeah. I haven't it's a seen beautiful, it. Incredible experience. I love. Um, so have much. you seen The Wailing? Yes. That that is masterful. Again, South Korea masterful. just being like, you know what? It's going to be two and a half hours. They're long. showing us how it's, it's going to be gorgeous, and it's going to be five genres at once, and yeah. you're not going to be able to find anything like it anywhere else. And it's like, <sighs> thank you, Jesus. <sighs> I didn't need to see some yeah. of these things. Uh, it could have <laughs> been left in a storybook. Ooh, my goodness. Well, yeah, um, and I, I like it when I like it when a movie that's sort of packaged and polished for <laughs> for mainstream has that commitment to bloody brutality. Because like you can see heinous gore in a movie like Trench Eleven. You can see heinous gore in there's like that excellent series up on Bloody Disgusting called Butcher's Block that is dedicated to just the most ultra gory horror movies you can find. And like, that's where that kind of stuff is supposed to live. But then you watch it in a movie like this, that feels like it's meant for more of a broad mainstream appeal, but it has these elements of hardcore in it that make you go like, Oh God. And it feels more shocking because it kind of feels transgressive. It feels like it's in a place it's not quite supposed to be. And I really like that. And you're addicted to those. Oh God moments. Oh God. Yeah. That's what you try to seek out. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I like, I don't do, I don't do haunted houses. I don't even do corn mazes. I don't like seasonal real life frightening attractions. Mm, My adrenaline seeking is limited to the screen. So like, but in that context I do. And like, you know, with, with horror particularly, I feel like people find out that you like horror movies and that you encounter sometimes those people who like to go with the weird, gross litmus test and you're like, oh, have you seen Cannibal Holocaust? It's like, yeah, I've seen exploitation movies. That's yeah. good. Have you seen yeah. a Serbian film? It's like, yes, I've seen it. It's something. It's snuff. Okay. And Most it becomes this corpses. like establishing of bona fides 
that is really like dick measuring and gross when it's like i'd rather it invest really, my time in the things yeah. that actually combine extreme elements and are good at the same time and aren't just like incident in a ghost land which should be buried under a jail <laughs> yeah you feel like with those with like the cannibal holocaust of the world like you feel you feel like you shouldn't be watching it yeah yeah you feel like it, it it's like um james franco's character from freaks and geeks like he would put it in like a brown paper bag and yeah. show everybody like what are you doing like nobody yeah. likes this it's just yeah yeah so like, i i that's a really yeah Stop that's a really like clear like this yeah you don't like it. yeah it's like <laughs> alcohol that clearly tastes bad you know but yeah. um i think that's a really clear distinction to make that some that some are so regarded as um needing caution tape around it yeah that doesn't necessarily bring it longevity yeah, yeah. And I think, like, this movie, like, it feels, like, with how bone, like, with, with like, it just turns your bones to dust kind of intensity, it does kind of have that, like, caution tape sort of feel. Even if not necessarily, like, watching it feels like an inappropriate thing, it feels like, like, sort of, like, how dare you make this? How yeah, dare girl. you, Timo, like, do this to people? This is unbelievable. And yeah. that's really, like, that's the kind of, that's the kind of, you know, if you want to, some douches want to talk about outlaw cinema and what that does mean or doesn't mean like doing something made by the same exact people who made the American cinema canon and are just a sort of variation on the you know the good old days of the 1970s that is not transgressive that's nostalgia but like Mm -hmm. this is a movie that makes me feel like it's something I've not seen before like (laughs) Dragged Across Concrete is a piece of shit movie that is really long and self-indulgent and stars a heinous human being in Mel Gibson. You know what actually feels like interesting and new and dangerous and violent and incredibly like possessed in its own vision? This movie does. This is the kind of shit I want to watch. Not people like empathizing with police brutality and yeah, calling I was it thinking like, of... innovative action drama. Like, no, I want I w- this action yeah. drama where this man is saving a little girl, destined to fight his best friend, and having the best combat scenes I've ever seen. He's essentially yeah, climbing the about... Himalayas. Yeah. yeah when we're climbing the, Him- the Himalayas and um, hurting the people that come in. I, I, I don't think he's trying to get to Eagle, but he's just trying to get to the people who did him wrong. Yeah. It's oh, not yeah. like you're trying to reach the top of a mountain, but you're like checking out the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> surveying the mountain you're surveying, surveying the mountain. mountain and then you know there may be some victims left on the mountain <laughs> i was i was when we were talking about gore and stuff and how this movie you know it's brutality i actually was thinking of zaler uh, or zoller however zoller yeah oh yeah uh i have not seen dragged which I've is weird because you I, like I, it, I, which is, I still find no, it don't I, I, I will be the first to say, I'm a big fan of Bone Tomahawk and also Brawl and Cell Block 99. I think I that movie really, good. really like Brawl and Cell Block 99. That's one of my favorite action movies I've seen in years. It's really good. And I think, I, and I was thinking of that specifically because it's, that feels more, that kind of gore and that kind of like, that pulp of just yeah. like smashing someone's head in it feels wrong yeah like when you watch it it feels like you shouldn't be doing this and, and that comes for us it doesn't feel right necessarily it's almost like it's when you're seeing your friend break a rule yeah yeah <laughs> but you all oh, but you but you kind of judge your friend for it too you kind of you kind of look down <laughs> your friend for even doing it too 
it affects how you respect that friend, honestly. Like, I mean, and I like I those- was at, when, In the press screening I was at for Cell Block 99, there were multiple times throughout the movie where different people went, oh my <clears> God. <throat> yeah. Just like, like yeah. The, you really couldn't believe <clears throat> in some points what you were seeing and occasionally what you were hearing. You're like, True. um, um- Udo Kier is going to forcibly abort this. Yeah, it, it's a gnarly film. What? Uh, I don't like. I don't like Zoller. I don't like Vaughn, and I don't like that company. I don't like those politics, but I like that movie. I uh, also, yeah. I, Tomahawk is. And I, I, I've not seen it in a while. I probably does not hold up on rewatch, but that's also like one of the goriest shit I've ever seen. Oh yeah, <laughs> the the split, the body split. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I, I actually talked to the Foley artist who did that. <laughs> oh really? How hard was it? That he said that movie was a lot of fun because it was a lot of like really oh, yeah. sound forward violence. Just le- leash off. Do whatever the fuck you like. Yeah, that, leash that has off. to be fun. Leash off. And I know, like, Just I was listening to you guys's. I think it was. Uh, I think it was actually the eighth grade episode, but you were referencing your social network episode and you talked about Quentin Tarantino um, really, really writing for social network as one of the best movies of the decade. And that um, I just wanted to express that um, the Foley artist I spoke to who did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood also did uh, Hateful Eight and Django Unchained. And he mm. said that Quentin Tarantino is by far and away his best direct, his favorite director to work with because of how much he puts sound at the forefront of his consideration for when he's shooting. He's like, you really feel like you're performing for Quentin when you're making, when you're doing Foley for one of his movies and you feel like your work is really going to shine the way you always wished it would. And I was well, like, that also, touches yeah. my heart. For you feel you. like you got the spotlight. Um, he also, he's also one of those directors who likes to give everyone, every little, per- like the person who does those little jobs that make the film great. He's also yeah. the kind of director who's just like, I appreciate you. I want you to do the best you can do. Yeah. Meticulous. Um, Meticulous. Yes. Uh, sometimes too much so, but uh, you yes. know, that's, yes. that's, that's, an, that's <laughs> another conversation. Also, precious. Um, I guess tied yeah, in no. a little, I mean, we could say that it's tied in a little bit because we're drawing Kill Bill comparisons. So it's not totally yeah, out of it's true. It's true. Well, he is he is somebody who has such an awareness of the 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 depth and breadth of film history that he too in in movies like that's weird. He doesn't really show it that much. Bastards, in movies like <laughs> in movies like Reservoir Dogs, it very much is a it very much is a keen awareness of what a drama looks like and what a horror movie looks like, and in blending those elements. And hey, and that's why a lot of what he does could be criti- criticized as too much pastiche and not enough sort of like original element. But mm. he's so adept at at blending any aspect of sort of film history into like his mixing bowl when he's making something that those horror elements and those that level of gritty transgressiveness in just sort of the visual aspect of his movies and the the the, the viscera of of what's going on in a Quentin Tarantino movie that's one of the reasons he's he's absolutely one of my favorite directors and it's because I feel his movies in my guts when I watch them. Well, we're talking about genres, and Tarantino, to connect to all this, he's obsessed with genre. I mean, like, yeah. Kill Bill is, like, it, like, it's his take on the martial arts, you know, Jackie Brown, his take on black exploitation, mm-hmm. uh, Django Unchained and Hateful Eight, um, you, Western, obviously, uh, you know, you, he has his, like, this is um, uh, Death Proof, Grindhouse films, like, it, the list goes on. He's obsessed with genre, and he's obsessed with the achievements it can make, and yeah. what and basically this, what is particularly does, what is the specific, uh, the specific outcome of using said genre to its full mm-hmm. potential? What is, what makes this different from another movie? Yep. Um, and I think with The Night Comes For Us, I think there's just, it, you're talking about this earlier, Jack, about how it knows 
what movie it's making. It's, it's sometimes can be, I mean, I can't think of a bad time. Like, I don't, I can't see how that's ever bad. I think it's always good when you understand the material you're making. It's no matter how, go, no, no matter how t- uh, goofy or serious or whatever. Like, if you know what movie you're making, it shows. And I think yeah. this movie, like, itself shows because it, it understands the genre. And I think all action film, like, um, yeah. I think the night comes action film has like, a clarity of purpose for it's true, sure. and it, it it communicates that extremely well because we talked about how visually competent it is. Yeah, but it also it understands what movie it's making, and you can tell that uh, Timo has done so much, uh, like in his time of watching and making films of understanding and studying action horror, blah blah blah, and that I think that's important for movies like um, I mean like a straight drama sure you need to have knowledge of film and its history but for an action film you have to really you if for you to make a good one you got to understand the touchstones you got to understand what you're drawing off of you got to understand um what style and what you know what do you want your film to feel like what do you want it to resonate with and so watching as many action films as you can watching it from as many different and variety of places you can I think it shows, and the same thing with you know Tarantino and his understanding and his film historian ish of like his uh, of uh, his personality and how he writes films. I think Timo, mm-hmm. you can clearly tell he under he understands and really works towards mastering the action genre, and this film really shows it because it shows clear skill, competency, and confidence. That's another this thing about this great this film is it's confident. You have to be confident to pull off some of these wild decisions, like like just having uh, having the phone books taped to um, yep. to Joe before he goes into that. Like that's a comp. Like you have to like this is a clear decision he made that mm-hmm. you know he didn't have to do that. There was no there's no like actual log- logistic like it makes sense in the story. It's a good it's a um, a good adage to the film. It's a great little, um, not a sprinkle, but it, it's a nice, it's a nice accent to the whole thing. Yeah, it's texture. Exactly. It's depth. And those details come from confidence. Those like, I know what I'm doing. I know what mm-hmm. sprinkles to add in. I know, like, I'm the, you know, I'm the fucking chef. I know what, yeah, you eat, like yeah. how many sauces I'm using, what kind of, like, you know, do I, you know, put some wine on the pan or whatever? Like, right. Again, it shows how confident he feels. And those are all in, it, it makes you feel like you're in safe hands. Like, oh, I right. know these are professionals doing the fucking best that they can do. Yeah. This well, is, by, uh, that point, by the time, yeah. by the time Timo, by the time Timo directed May the Devil Take You on His Own, he had already done headshot as a co-director as another one of his i i think i don't know if they were formally credited that way but it was one of his movies essentially as the mo brothers that he made um with the with the director kimo stamboel i don't know how to pronounce that unfortunately and he had also with him he had also made killers so like it Mm -hmm. feels um i think what i one of the things i appreciate about this movie is that you can feel the refining that was done over the course of killers and headshot to get to May the Devil Take You, where it's like, oh man, I'm really glad this wasn't your first movie because you had sharpened it your knives been rough. by the time you got it here. Been rough. I'm really glad that you had honed your vision and your voice by the time you got here. And a movie that was sort of bigger in scope and its sort of action ambitions 
even if it was just like in the combat framework that that something like headshot was in too it was like okay i'm gonna take this movie headshot that's gonna feel a little bit more like those raid movies and then i'm actually gonna make my own thing out of it with the last with with the the night comes for us and dial everything that i show in my directing choices up like i'm gonna show my vision you know i'm not gonna like um I'm not going to conform to what I think would serve best for this movie. Or not, I guess not that, but like, I don't want to conform to basically the genres outside of my, like the genre I'm trying to attribute to, but mm-hmm. I want to make my own thing. Yep. Um, which also is why he's confident enough to bring in his, hor- his um, bring in horror elements to his, yep. this yep. film and his direction towards it. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think it's an astounding achievement in the, it's visual and like, you know skill it's skill overall i think it, when i'm watching a great action film skill comes to mind is immediately because right. they're because editing also is such cool. important for this so you have to have you have to literally everyone has to be skilled in their particular profession to make this movie work right i don't think we need your- a major in action filmmaking to recognize poor action filmmaking like i think that's just <laughs> kind of it's kind of I, I think maybe you could say that for poor filmmaking in any department like we can kind of see bad horror to um to love good horror all the Mm -hmm, more mm -hmm. Um, no i think that's i think that's a very good point i think i think in genre i think that is a critical kind of thing i think it is because it is sort of it it can be kind of written off by people as the baser elements of cinema as the as the sort of carnal desires aspects of cinema maybe the sort of like cheap thrills aspects of cinema Mm-hmm. If you watch bad horror, you really understand what good horror is capable of achieving. If you watch bad action movies, you really understand what really good action movies have achieved. I think mm-hmm. that I, I think you're right in that it is it is especially sort of a useful foil to be able to set against one another in in genre film to sort of to know the difference between good and bad and really appreciate it. And you can tell where people fucked up. In, in, in like a bad action film and a bad horror film, you could tell, oh, the editor really fucked up here. Oh, the continuity person really fucked up here. Mm-hmm. Oh, the costume person really fucked Because everything is intensified because, you know, it's in movement. Everything is in movement. Like, it's harder to, it's, it's much harder to really keep everything in place. It's a lot of balls in the air, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, there's so much going on. It's a lot of kinetic energy. It's, a, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of people are doing their jobs. Yeah, and yeah. A lot more people are involved. You have your stunt coordinators, um, your actual stuntmen. You have your second, you know, your uh, sound people, your second directors. Like, because action films are more complicated to shoot than just like a simple conversation. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just how films are made. Um, and so this is, so a, so there's so many more people involved. That means so many, mo- so much more shit can get, uh, can go wrong. Yes, I was. <laughs> yes, that's the, that's that's what I was trying. Yes, go wrong. Like, yeah, it's just there's so much. If the more people you trust, the more chance you have at someone really fucking up their job. Mm. Well, and I think I think that I think a movie that I I I would I have to put in this conversation for the the good side of it. I think Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey is absolutely one of the best movies that came out this year, and not just because barely any movies have come out this year. This would have been one of the best movies that came out last year and i think in a a very underappreciated aspect of however this movie was talked about from like a so a social justice perspective or a trolling perspective it's a really good action movie the sequences in that film are so 
good. The fight scenes are excellent. It has that sense. Contributed to it. It has that sense of feeling the impacts of the hits. It has that wonderful cinematography by Matthew Libatik. Kathy Yan came in with such like a strong sense of mission with what she was going to do. And like from, you know, the amazing egg sandwich chase to the extreme, the entire split in two sequence where Harley is in the police station and the difference in feel between like that the fight in the water outside of the cells, the fight in the precinct itself where she's shooting people with glitter and like color powder to the oh, part where so she's great. like having a fight in a cocaine cloud in like the storage warehouse. It is, that movie looks and feels so good in its action scenes all the way down to that, that final just like moment between Harley and Roman when she dispatches him, it's an amazing little brief piece of, of fight choreography that they put in to like ultimately resolve Roman Sionis. And mm-hmm. I, I like, I think that actually besides, like I think it is actually one of the best looking superhero movies from a combat perspective. Oh, it's definitely. I mean like, like in, the- the, in this modern era of how we make these movies, it is one of the best looking superhero based fighting films no doubt it's, it, it's true it's 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 a fact because i mean you look at that and this connects to the night comes for us too because like that third act mm-hmm. is astonishing in it's birds of prey so good. it's it, and it's not even just astonishing because it's so well like it's so good it's astonishing because that must have been so fucking hard yeah. speaking are, of astonishing like, third acts too it, that's yeah, that's what yeah. i mean like it's it's sprawling there are so like you know there okay you have yeah, Renee Montoya. You have um, uh, you have Black Canary. You have um, Huntress. Huntress, and you have Harley, and then you have Cass running around. That's yeah. five different main characters you're dealing with in the same in this contained set piece. You are dealing. Some go into these different parts of the uh, of the uh, was it uh, carnival? No. Oh yeah, no. that weird like fun Purpose. house that they've ended up. Exactly. In. It's a fun house. That that's it. And you have, and they're all using different weapons. Yeah. They're all, and they're all, you know, they all have different individual movements. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Rosie Perez does not move like Margot Robbie. Yeah. They're very, yeah. And they all have different fighting styles. Yep. Like, and, and they're clearly laid out. And again, visual, each character is visually distinctive. Yeah. Um, and it's, and there's roller skates. Like, there's so much that's going on in that. Yeah, and, and Margot like, Robbie was so well-trained from ice skating coming off of Itania. She had, like, a great <laughs> foundation right. under her to actually become, like, a really that's proficient right. roller skater and was doing her own skating in the movie. That's right. That's right. Crazy. I forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's, it's... It shows you the value. I think both of these things show you the value. Like, one of the reasons that scene looks so good is because Margot is so adept physically as an actress mm-hmm. and, and, and as somebody who's going to be doing sort of intense specific choreography, whether it's a fight or ice skating. And I think that's something you have a lot of in, in something like The Night Comes For Us. Everybody on screen in, in a physical capacity is really good at their jobs. Everybody, like the fact that you have, Eco is a co-star of this movie and he was an action coordinator on it. And he's coming off doing the similar capacity while starring in the Raid films and Maron Tao the you know those the, his his triple threat Gareth Evans package you are in such good hands as far as like the look and feel of the violence in this movie which the entire thing is going to revolve around the integrity of the skill that these performers bring as both like they're doing the job that they need to do as actors but the point of this movie the point of these kinds of movies is not necessarily like 
deep character development. It is enough sort of like character mixed with caricature to give you that familiar hero villain feel in whichever mm. character you're working with and maybe amp a little bit to up to make it a sort of caricature at points with your side characters like White by Bobby or the operator. And then, but what you have at baseline is a cast of people who are extremely qualified to do the one job you need to do <laughs> super fucking well in a movie like this. And that's it's almost too good. Point. It's too good. It's too good. They're they're too good. It's and a Mortal Kombat kind of energy. Yeah. 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 It, 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 oh, bless that. But you movie. just you do not. Oh no, I meant the game. I. Yeah, it's a movie. That's right. Movie, game, both. Love it. I was. <laughs> I wasn't alive. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. So yeah, I mean, it feels like you don't have um, like a controller with you, mm-hmm. but you still you still feel like. Uh, yeah, you still feel like you have a controller, even though you don't. You're involved. You're involved. Like, yeah, it is like sitting and watching. Have it's like some kind of participation. Your friends who are yeah. really good at, good at video games play video games. <laughs> it's true. Mm-hmm. It's super. Like, like they're pulling off combos. I'm like I don't know. Yeah, how you're like, how I did you? Do, what, I tried this. Yeah, same like thing. my thumbs don't move that way. Like, how the, did you the do joystick, that? I now. thought I timed it right, but you timed it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Accessing combos you didn't know were physically possible with the movements of your own hands and i think yeah no i now that i'm really thinking about that it's it's really sticking with me like and that's why the john wick movies are so good too and, and as well as the, the matrix films well they look good i will not defend two or three but um the john wick will. looks so will. good because keanu is so <laughs> good at his job that's the like, thing yeah. he is in the driver's seat he is doing those stunts he is doing this work and that is what these movies revolve around the authenticity of these central performances to do all the jobs they are asked to do and it's and the considering the na- the physical aspect of these jobs it's incredible but it's not just like that's not just like they're good at stunt work they're good at acting because that's yeah. acting yeah. let's be like people will tell me like you know like if i like i think Keanu's performances in all three John Wick films are actually incredible. And they're like, wait, what do you mean? I don't think he delivers the dialogue all that well. They are. But but they're incredible because You care so much about John Wick because Keanu is giving a great performance. It's true. The thesis about Keanu has always been that Bill and Ted really hurt him in how uh, seriously- The public perceives him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and, uh, obviously that's nobody- that's nobody's fault. I mean, like <laughs> actors can can take other roles, and and it's not like they're going to be confined to one of them. Like I, I think, my private Idaho was like one of the best performances of the '90s, and that can't take away anything from from John Wick. It's not just because, um, he did Bill two Bill and Ted's, it's, which are I, I, yeah. wonderful movies. Yeah. They were then, and they are now. When you revisit them, right. And it's it's it stinks that he still has that stick in his side. Is that the? I do think he's like I think he, people the realize one in his side. actually yeah. he's such a good at like you were talking about Jordan how good at his job he is with the John Wick movies. Yeah. Um, I think people are really starting to really appreciate. Oh, this guy's an actual like talented, skilled performer. Yeah. And that's what these guys, people are. They're performers. They're actors. And their physical presence itself, the way their body movement is acting. The reason why John, the reason why maybe Keanu, maybe Keanu's line delivery doesn't work for you. It works for me, but whatever, it doesn't work mm-hmm. for you. But his physical performance, oh. as in how he moves, his action—not even just the action, just his general, like how yeah. he understands his character, how he walks when he's tired, how he like it, just his overall 
performance. Mm. It's great. That's there's no one else like him. Actor does exactly. No, there is. There's one Keanu. There's one Keanu. <laughs> you, if yeah. you so, want him and you don't get him, it's kind of like, well, mm-hmm. shit. We have to rewrite the part, right? <laughs> it's true. There's no. There's no one else but him. I guess we're kind um, of defining a movie star at this point. He is a movie star. I, and think, I think, it, I think he's that a matters too one. with I think that matters too with Eco Uwais. Yes. Because not every action coordinator makes the pivot to being a featured character in a, in the films that they do fight coordination or action coordination for. That's not a one-to-one transition that no, a lot of people make. And the fact that he has gone on to do that and he's taken roles that slot very well into his set of in his set of abilities. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel to me, Eco Waste is a very compelling figure on screen. I'm, I, you know, if he does more action movies, I, I'm looking forward to people in this country knowing how to utilize him better because I think they make him a sort of side character when Eco doesn't have character actor energy. He has like stoic leading man energy. He's and, a white hat. Yeah. He's, and he's the definition him, of a, of a white hat in the yeah, sense of. And, and you, I the, like, I, yeah. I feel, I feel utterly invested in, in him in each of the movies I've seen him be the lead character. And I'm so grateful. He's so adept uh, to pull off the, the fighting aspect too. of it. But I yeah. also find him compelling. And I think he has that, like you said, defining a movie star. He has qualities of that that are like, you know what? This isn't just a guy who's good at putting putting choreography together. He's got that energy. He's got well, those like yeah. soulful eyes, and he's got that something you want to invest in. It's like I'm going to go with this guy on this impossible journey that he has to triumph over. And again, not to compare them too many times, being a bad guy. But uh, I do think Donnie Yen is similar because yeah, yeah. Donnie. I mean, maybe this is also a difference that Donnie Yen comes across as someone who's been walking the desert for 40 years. Oh my God. And, <laughs> and now he's only stopped his journey through the desert just to make a movie. And then he's going to oh, yeah. go back and eat saltines. Yeah. But it's like, at the same time, I do think that movie stars are rare. And when they don't, yeah, when they don't work, it's like, it, it sticks out. So. That's a huge, me, yeah, it's yeah, a huge yeah. blemish. Um, well, and that's, I part think of why, Eco- that's part of why dread is so good. Because sure. Carl Urban sure. is a perfect dread. That's Nina Petty is a perfect mom. Yeah. Like is a is a is a perfect uh. mom. Like you that it could have easily have been a retread of Judge Dread with Stallone, which is a silly fun movie, but it actually is more it, it actually does transcend and become something more because even in the mo in the even in the very simple shapes that these actors are meant to cut as these characters they do such a good job with it that like you can see in between the lines of the things that they're doing and sort of fill in the aspects of character because they feel so lived in and they feel so complete. And also they do more than what's required on page. Um, Like Urban, he has to perform the entire movie with half of his face covered. Yeah, with his his great, amazing scowl. Incredible face, but also like... (laughs) He covered. It's covered for most of the film, and else he's in this real bulky armor that. But he is able to be like, okay, that is what I'm working with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that to my full advantage. I'm going to make sure I uh, act as much as possible with just my chin and my my uh, my mouth and my scowl, like you said. Yeah. So I'm going to use that. I'm going to utilize that to my the max capacity. I'm can can make sure I move around like dread. I'm going to walk like dread. I'm going to basically have the same exact body movements as dread because yeah. it makes the character more feel lived in. It's the under an underappreciated 
parts of a physical performance, which well, is that, why I think. I think I think Joe Teslim brings a lot of brings so much exactly. of that to this role. Like his physic, he is a land shark. Like you, you, everybody in this movie is a good fighter. But what makes you really believe that Ito? is like the preeminent one of the six C's is the fact that like that posture that he takes when he's moving toward an opponent where he does that like little lean forward and his shoulders dip in and you Mm -hmm. see him in pursuit mode and he has that incredible angry face that he does where he turns his chin down and his eyebrows kind of come up on the sides and he looks like he is just filled with evil he finds that gear where this character who you feel really sympathetic about in the beginning and you i feel like he's really believable in that context you can see why he was so good at his job because it's like he can turn off his soul and become just a weapon of war the difference between and that's him, all the physicality in him that's oh, just 100%. how he's moving and also he understands how like I mean, also these actors understand where the camera is, so they make sure that exactly how to move t- with the camera. Sure, sure, sure. And how they, like, their relationship to it. But also, like, the difference, the main difference for me between Joe and Eco, who are two like, physically very different looking people and yeah. also are at different sizes, but in the sense of what you feel, because, we, you know, we keep talking about the rape films, but, like, what you feel when you see Eco fight, as the hero and when yeah. you feel when you see joe fight as the hero with joe you're scared you're yeah. horrified i don't know what this guy's doing he's like literally like he's tearing into people he's a beast he's a he's beast savage absolutely he just goes through people like nothing yeah barbaric eco yes um thesaurus eco he's the most empathetic actor i've almost ever seen he has he's, the most empathetic face He's, he's a tactician. It's true, but when he's in those fights, I feel for him because he is all he he feels. I mean, his presence alone, he does. Feel he looks like he's going alike. to prom too. He, he is does, a, yeah, yeah. He's a cute. No, that, he's in a that very final cute. fight scene, even though I'm fully team Ito, I spend oh, the entire we? fight scene being worried that Ariane is going to die. I'm like, no, he's so empathetic. He has such an empathetic face. He does. He's. Such, he's He's also such an empathetic actor. I mean, the, raid, yeah. the reason why those raid films work is because he's the star of them. It's because yeah. you actually care about his character. Yeah. Um, and like, even though Gareth Evans does a great job directing those films, I think he's one of like, he's the key to those movies. And that's why mm-hmm. like, I can connect to them. Um, and so like, those are the main differences. And Joe is this, you know, this, like this horrifying presence while yeah. it goes this empathetic, just like, I, w- I hope he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, yeah, um, like I, I know he can kill anybody, but I'm also yeah. really worried about him. And you're also kind of worried about how, what Joe's going to do to other people, even though yeah. you know the bad guys. You're not like I don't know about you, like crazy, like just yeah. out of nowhere. I also think it maybe it's because he looks like he's about to go on a late night talk show. Who, <laughs> Eco um, or Joe? He's very dapper. He's very Eco dapper. U.S. And yeah, yeah, his suits. I mean, and oh my god. Yeah, and it's because you you see a person. I mean, we've seen we've seen many people being slowly deteriorated into like a just a a corpse and yeah I think it's I think there's something about why Ikuyu is has that difference because he comes out and he looks like he just got a haircut and he's going to first communion. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He's so fresh. He's very youthful. Yeah, yeah. He looks so like think, a, he's a youthful presence. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think. 
that's what that's what really hits harder is because maybe i mean maybe it is the one-on-one fight that it's that it is intimate um yeah but also that he is the movie star and we don't want to see the movie star die yeah and and as i as as like as i will stand by and i will i've said before and i'll say again there's like nothing more gay than two straight men and so like the end of this movie it's kind of it's the culmination of their own kind of love story like yeah. oh yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't be so torturous if they didn't mean so much to each other and they were the leaders of this gang together because they were clearly so superior to everybody around them that like power gravitated toward power and they were one another's compliments in a way that nobody else could really understand them mm-hmm. because nobody else was as good as them and so, they just like, didn't want to kiss yeah like it's like you know what you guys hug this out at the end kiss each other let's just you don't we don't need guns we don't need knives let's resolve this the right way with communication and affection what's it all for what's it all for (laughs) at the end of the day what's it all for what is this doing to better ourselves i mean their their relationship is i mean that's the that's the heart of the movie is the relationship. I mean, yeah. they kind of call it out early. It's like this, they you know, uh, is it uh, the 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 uh, one of the C's? Uh, uh, oh, Chin Wu. Uh, Chin Wu, thank you. Uh, Chin Wu, he saw you know he talks to Eco on the side of the highway. It's like this, you know, it's like this gangster epic. It's a gangster yeah. movie, and it is. I mean, the, the the story of two, you know, the two like dealers or runners that that you know like that rise up through uh the organization and become two monoliths and have to face each other like it's it's very much like the gangster epic yeah we've seen this um, yeah exactly we know where those stories go one clearly clearly has the edge on the other that's the thing close the book those those roles are suited so perfectly for them eco is definitely the little brother and joe is definitely the big brother yeah it's definitely it's it's a hundred percent little brother it is and I love how Kimo understands Eco is so perfect at playing the chip on his shoulder. He yeah. acted like you can tell that he's actively trying to prove something, and that attributes everything to his character. He's trying to prove himself. And the physical difference so between the, be fact, a, that te- the exactly. fact that Joe has at least six inches on him, too, it's such it's a true. big physical dichotomy between the two of them when they're in the same frame. You just well, have about height. Yeah. Go, like puffing up, and you see him looking up, and there's like a, there's a physical manifestation of the inequality between the two of them that Ariane compensates with by being so dedicated and fierce because he knows he has to be to make up for the natural limitations he has compared to Ito. He's just pro- he's just trying to prove himself. I mean, that's the whole thing. That's why he wants to be a C. That's what he wants. You know, he's just like, I need to prove myself to everyone. Like I need to make, like, that's why he, he worked, like he's like the guy who's, you know, who, uh, who, who's at the gym the earliest and leaves the latest. Like he, He's a grinder. He works. Yeah. Like he was trying to learn Mandarin so he can so he could speak to um Cheng Moon his like native language. Like like you could tell that he's making the strides to become the best. And so and he embodies that ego, embodies that. And same thing with Joe. He embodies like a like a big big brother vibe, someone who's accomplished it, like accomplished what others yeah. want, but he doesn't feel gratified like he doesn't feel satisfied with it. Um and I think those like they really understand their characters and they do that with their physical presence in their fight and like in their actual fighting choreography, but also as like actors in scenes of dialogue and stuff. 
And it's what makes um, the final fight scene so satisfying because we've exactly. seen really proficient, really good fight scenes over and over yeah. again, but you really believe the heat between these two characters. And it's just such a, it's such a perfect bow to put on yeah. this experience that you've had that it breaks down, like you said, seeing people who are tired, that it ends with this, this absolutely relentless run that gets to the end where it's like, yeah, and now I am just beat. And that is kind True. of how you feel after you've watched the movie. Like you're just beat. So it feels very authentic to have to mirror like the the empath the empath version of what they're experiencing. It reminds and me empath of, is so uh, important with action movies. So important. Yeah, it's, it, like, it's what takes them to the next level. It's what it, it's exactly. what allows them to transcend transcends the kicks and punches and and leave me crying for the last twenty minutes of Avengers Endgame. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of like Vincent Hanna, Neil McNally from from Heat. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. These two yep. lovebirds are going at it for like a yep. week now. That's exactly what it is. Come Only on. they can understand Let's one another. Let's just put this to guys. cosmic compliment. Yeah, yeah. There's that they found their soulmates yep. in one another. <laughs> That's intimacy. That's intimacy. It is intimacy. Yeah. Hundred percent. The night comes for us. A movie about intimacy. Clearly, it's it's. Hey, and we said fighting we is one of the more intimate things you can do as a person, as a human <laughs> being. Fighting is one of the most intimate things you could possibly do. And we dished rom coms. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, I I also think I mean we talked about all the other performances a little bit, but like I think everyone completely understands what movie they're in. Um, yeah. I think that. Uh, is it Julia Stell or is it yeah? Is it Julia, Julia Stell. yeah, Julia Stell. It's just so incredible. She's Not so, Julia um, Styles. Yeah. Big difference. Oh, Julia Styles also a winner. The, very, Julie, very... the Julie Julia Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, she's French. Funny enough, she's uh, she's uh, she's from an Indonesian French background, and I love okay. how they incorporate that in the film because uh, she just starts speaking French to Elena, who the oh, actor. Yeah. You're right. Is Hana Al Rashid, and she's also has she's also part French. Oh, um, and so that's that's a fun little thing that they have is that they're both actors are actually both like part French, and so that's why they start just speaking French randomly. Like I like know, that. Like, no, like, I like you, what we were saying earlier, texture, like just those little yeah. like kind of bu- world building details that are just what, like oh, yeah. you respond also, to the like, specificity of your performers as well. And like how the characters use English as a moderator language, like when Che Che Wu. Um, is it Chen Wu or Chen Wu? Uh, Chen Wu. He is uh, he's Chinese, so he speaks Mandarin, and right. Iko is Indonesian. So when they're in the scene together, that's why they speak English, just because mm-hmm. it's across the language barrier. Yeah, and just like little stuff like that, I'm like, that's it. That's <laughs> you understand <laughs> what you're making. You get it. You understand this is the movie you're making. That you get. You you add these little details in. It's very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but like when in that final fight scene or like before when. I think um, the operator is talking to Alma and like they're getting ready. You know, those stances that they're Yeah, they're yeah, they're in. gearing up. Yeah, and like she takes off she takes off her coat and the one the brilliant decision to only have one sleeve and one sleeve off is yeah, just Yeah. Love it, love it. <laughs> the just, sleeves optional look. Uh, oh. I've watching I've been watching a lot of Blade lately, so that really calls to mind for me mm. just the feel on Blade Trinity. Oh, oh, interesting. I have not seen the third one. Uh, I, I, I the mean, first two. people will tell you it's bad, and those people will be wrong. I, I, I'll have to watch it. I'll have Same to watch with the it. Matrix sequels. On HBO Max, the Blade trilogy is on HBO Max now. Everyone, be aware. Oh, oh, god, yeah. I mean, that, the second one. All right, that, that's another. That's another. Um, but, <laughs> that's what you mean. This decade. Um, but 
her line when like she sees Alma's like wearing white. And let me just see if I can get the line right. Um, yeah, you're gonna and he, I think she said you're gonna regret that. And she's like, what for? With you know, by killing that person or whatever. And it's like, yeah. no, you're gonna regret wearing white. <laughs> and I was just and that I, I literally like I forgot that line again. Second time seeing it, I just forgot it. I'm like, oh shit! This uh, like, I literally <laughs> audibly just like like it's such a perfect action. Was that line. when you started handing out Oscars? Oh god, I just yeah. was throwing. Them go out. you go it's into just... your trash bag and you started like, okay, here you go. I mean, one this of the best it. parts of this movie is when like the the do like the twin assassins the twin lady assassins um are in the elevator and they just have their weird psychosexual connection thing and somebody just says like weirdo lesbians i laugh <laughs> out loud i laugh they're immediately like blown away like that guy is just like immediately and he's also like get it get it <laughs> it's because like, they're lesbians and then he's yeah just like, boom, he's dead. <laughs> It's uh, I, I I love it. Um, I, yeah, I think those are great character. Again, oh, yeah. accents. Be like have again. Be distinct. Have fun. Make you know. Make one yeah. like make them visually dis- distinct. You the know, movie just, does like, have that. It does have that sense of tongue in cheek fun that you. Oh that yeah. In, like the action movies that I think are more derided as as basic, but like are really important to this genre to make it as maximally enjoyable as possible when incorporated at the right moments. And this movie does a good job sprinkling those in just enough places. Yeah, definitely. And I think it shows like when they just the the choice of having her weapon be like a piano wire or like a yo-yo, whatever it is. Yeah, is that, pure, like, that we're, weird thing. We're we're gonna have fun. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's a piece of floss. It's a piece yeah, of what, floss. What are we doing here? Like no one uses this. No one fights with this. Yeah, this nobody is not a yeah, thing. this is this is just eccentricity. This is eccentricity. This is just like we're gonna have fun. We're gonna do what we're gonna do. Like, you yeah. know <laughs> and especially that one one of the scenes so another great fight set piece is um joe in uh the police van and it's a great oh, fight yeah. scene it's, oh yeah uh, it's a it can fi- i mean can fi- good fight scenes and you can find spaces are always great but like the inventiveness of that fight like how he I, I will never forget this for some reason but how you know he like pushes that dude's gun to uh, f- uh, to point to that other dude and he tases the dude and he dazes the dude, so he pulls the trigger yeah, and causing blows him that to other shoot. dude's face <laughs> off. Just the idea of just like I, just like the taser, of like okay, yeah, of course. When you're you know when you're being tased, you 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 physically react, <laughs> and so he's gonna pull the trigger. Yeah, it's a real double play oh. moment. It's a real it's, just, it's a real turn two set of efficiency. It's just inventive, creative, fun. That's like well, that's the, I like too that the, the, three the fight scene that takes on that, that happens with Ito's old friends in in his friends of in Fati's apartment. That it it feels very much that fight scene feels like the character of White Boy Bobby. Like it's much more <laughs> just like drunk boxing and find whatever you can to beat the hell out of the other guy. So oh, I yeah. like that I like that the fights take on the characters of sort of the the standout ones, the, the standout people that are involved in them. Yeah. As much I mean, as I like the goes, operator, yeah. I would love a yeah. spinoff of White Boy Bobby debauchery. Yes, yes. Can that be <laughs> also like, a prequel? Kinda, like, can we get the it's White not Boy? Even... The night comes for White Boy Bobby. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. White Boy, White Boy Bobby comes for the night, honestly. It's, Just the way really... he walks. And it's, not even, that, it's oh. not even like an expertly choreographed. Um, <laughs> no, it's just him doing shit. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just, him it's just a night on the town. It's a night on the town. Some... With, 
saying some crazy shit in the like i just the way he walks it into would be that a, it would be a one crazy night movie like that okay that's i got what it, it i got it it'd be good it's time him. but with white boy bobby it's him ben hosley uh moondog from uh beach bum it's gonna be <laughs> pete davidson and is like pete davidson I, himself Yes, Pete Davidson as himself. <laughs> okay, I like it. Just like crazy. And, uh, the like, little boy you... from Gummo. I don't know. Like, th- yeah. throw them all in there. Yeah. Just go yeah. crazy. Um, and it maybe is directed by Harmony stuff. Corrin. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I guess that's a Corrin film. I mean, yeah. White Boy Bobby would thrive in a Corrin uh, <laughs> yeah. or a Safdie film. Either Corrin or Safdie that he would just thrive in. Like, the way he walks into that apartment, like, so he makes the decision to put that, like, flower pot or whatever under his, um, <laughs> under his shirt, like, uh, like a fistful of dollars. Um, yeah. Uh, and so he walks into that apartment and he's just like, and the guys that are pointing this gun at, gun at Faith or whatever, they just, he just walks in like hot shit. They're just looking at him like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, do you, you know me? You don't yeah. know me? You don't know what territory you're on? I'm white boy Bobby. And he's just like <laughs> chewing the fucking scene out of it. And he's just like, he's like, he's just so intense and he's nuts. And, and he's like got one him. foot. The other one's oh. across pieces. Oh. And just like his, like, he's such a weird, like, what a weird character. He's what a so weird, weird. So weird and wonderful. It's just perfect. Yeah. I, uh, this movie, again, full of little details, full of little characters yeah, that I think little touches everywhere. To it's Shall just, we head over to favorite scene? Yes. 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 I think we should. Yes. Um, it's hard. So yeah, at the end of each, uh, each episode, we pick our favorite scene of the film. Mm-hmm. It is hard not to just choose the third act itself because that is, it's just so good. Um, right. I'll just pick a part of it. Should we I'll go? Part like, of it. Should we pick a fight? Like make, make an I guess that's probably the thing, unless unless someone really has that you know one emotional scene that they want to pick. But no, I think I, I think mean, that's we, a good idea. I think, dude, I think we make the rules here. Fight is a good idea. We, I yeah. think that my favorite. Let's just fight. pick a favorite fight. <laughs> oh. I want to choose something with the operator, but I love a good warehouse full of goons fight. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> big the fan sh- of that. The epic nature of it. The epic nature of it is. I was just thinking, like, I'm a big fan of when action movies at the end of each. Yeah, shout scene, out to like, the goons. At, by the way, shout out to the, the goons. Great goons. Yeah, great. Ten goons. out of ten goons. Top good goons. shelf goons. A plus goons. goons. Oscar for goons. Um, I Oscar think- category for goons. I think that should be an Oscar category. Um, mm-hmm. I love when at the end of it, like a huge action set piece, at the end of it, when everyone's exhausted, bodies are on the floor, yeah. they do this wide, like they zoom out. Like a lot of times it's like a helicopter, like a, a God's eye view shot of everything you just witnessed. Yeah. It's just like a progression of all that just went through. Just like destruction. Just people on the floor, like, you know, like either dead or like squirming a bit, just like an injury. Like and everyone yeah. has the same exact injuries. It just feels like, oh, that's <laughs> it's a nice little capper. You've seen every, all you see the aftermath. Uh, this is what's, all of what's the blood left has the just been ensued. Yeah, it's exactly. the carnage. It's I the love carnage. it. It's always my, it's, it's always good. I love it when any action movie does it. Um, but I also, and I just, when I saw that, like, I just like, imagine, the continuity person must have been losing their <laughs> fucking mind. Like, no, the blood spatter goes here. No, 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 wait. He, his appendage is over there. Fuck. Like, it just, <laughs> I can't even imagine, especially because that probably took a lot of t- cuts and right. and stuff. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, no, that's my, I mean, the inventiveness of it, him putting phone books in, as shields and getting yeah, stabbed. Yeah, that was pretty using, awesome. Like, all the different weapons, like him using the uh, pool, like, just him 
beating someone to death with an eight ball. Is just <laughs> this movie is not very. This fun. movie's not stale. That's the one thing it no. is. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, also. Oh, I wanted to bring this one quote in that some uh, we were talking about earlier before that we started recording about um, a writer that mean uh, that all three of us really enjoy. Uh, film critic Priscilla Page. Yes, and Priscilla Page. Shouts out. Subscribe great. to our Patreon, just, everybody. She's so good. Um, if you want to write, if you want to learn more, or you want to see amazing writing about John Wick and or Cars, please, yeah. please, that's that's her thing. Um, but one of her, I'm for October tweeted this, too. She tweeted this piece. out um, and says, as uh, she tweeted this out a little while ago, I forget when. Um, as far as I can tell, Blood is the protagonist of Timo Dejanto's The Night Comes for Us. <laughs> I think that's very apt. Blood <laughs> that's is a the very that's very movie. appropriate. Um, and in that, in that quote, I mean, you could, I mean, that quote itself is attributed to almost every fight scene, but especially that one. I mean, the inventiveness of each, I mean, like, again, it's, it's relentless. This movie is the definition of relentless action and carnage. Oh, yeah. Um, and so just that whole set piece is great. And they invented, like, you know, using the pool balls or whatever. And then when he grabs the shotgun, it just, it keeps going. It progresses. Um, it it's fresh. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like they're doing the same movement or the same like fighting style over and over again. It's yeah. not like the same fight, but with five different people. It's all different and very like unique. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my favorite. It's just it's also just like the way it begins is so like I'm always a fan of one versus many. That's always my favorite thing in action. Oh yeah. Movies. It's just <laughs> right. one guy taking down twenty people, just like no problem. Completely. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Jack Jordan, which one you, you guys want to? Which one of you want to go first? Uh, what do you want to do, Jack? Uh, you have one? I got mine. Yeah, yeah. All right, go. I think I do think the uh, uh, butcher shop stands out. Yeah. Amazing. I think it's I think it's just a really stark um, set. Yeah. First of all, and how and obviously, I mean, we've. We've we've talked about it how how the set is used to further mm-hmm. um, our main character to to the person that he's trying to confront mm-hmm. is also just like it's never um, it never grows old um, and it can, and I thought of Fargo season two once once we got here because there's there's an incident that happened at jesse plemons's butcher shop as well oh, yeah it's, it's like I'm, I'm always gonna think of butcher shops as as a little um like a shift like shady like <laughs> oh yeah there's oh, no yeah. there's no upstanding butcher shop i'm sorry there's just no, not it's one a front. That's, it's a front a butcher shop is a front it's either a front or there's something like, yeah. like they're doing some stuff like that yeah. they, that's not pork in your sandwich just like <laughs> it's it, ne- always shady um but I also love the color. I mean, a white. Uh, we were talking about um, we were talking about the raid too, and one of the more famous fight scenes is them. This is Eco and one of these assassins in this stark white tile mm-hmm. uh, kitchen. Oh yeah, and that's awesome. If the butcher, I mean, the butcher shop is too like a white background while you are tearing these people apart. Like you know, yeah. blood is everywhere, blood spatter. Like it's very visually appealing. Like I mean, a one strong color choice as a background in a fight and you could even make the analogy to like these goons are being treated like animals oh, oh sure yeah. yeah so it's like I mean, there's he, the, there's not I that mean, far they're, they're a, a butchered. yeah he literally right. throws one on a meat hook 
Oh, that's amazing. I always it's, love it when somebody lands on a meat hook. That's always a win. Oh my God. It's like. <laughs> that's cinema. God, yeah. That is that's, cinema. That's that is cinema. cinema. That is cinema. Martin Scorsese would approve. Would he? Um, yeah. I don't know. He probably like. I don't know. I don't know his action taste. Maybe, maybe he does. Um, but Jordan, what's your favorite fight scene? I've got to go. I've got to go with the operator versus Alma and Elena, oh, stretching from the apartment into the hallway. I, I like that it. Um, I like just the slight variation that it feels like from the rest of the movie. I like how. Mm-hmm. I like the colors and how stylish it is. I love the novel weaponry that that the the two women are using. I love, like you said, the one versus many. The one versus two is a great dynamic. I love the fact that like she's not only vanquishing these fighter together fighters together, but she's killing one another, like each of their girlfriends. So there's like an additional sort of frenzied intensity to it. And I also I really really love specifically when you get a really well executed fight scene between women, I think that it has the potential to be sort of the standout of of any action movie that it's in because you're not generally revolving those fight scenes around brute strength. It's never really going to be about one person really overpowering Mm. the other. They tend to be, I think they tend to be even more balletic in their presentation. I, I think they tend to be a little bit more meticulous and maybe innovative or inventive with the kind of choreography that they work in for them. And because there isn't such a an explosive bigness in the way that there can be fight scenes that revolve around men, it has a bit more of, I find that really well done fight scenes with women have a more close quarters intensity feel to them um, that feels really genuine to me. So like the, the fight between, I think it's in Fast Six, between Gina Carano and Michelle Rodriguez in the subway in London, I think is... I think is the premier fight scene of maybe that whole franchise because it mm. hey, you have an MMA fighter like G. Carano and it, your fight is going to look extremely real when she's mixing it up with a scrapper like Michelle Rodriguez. And it, for me, it is the fight that feels the most tangible, the one that like my brain can wrap around the most as something between two humans and it's so stylish and they're all so beautiful that it's really got to be it's got to be the the hallway apartment fight for me between the operator and the assassins when she pulls off her finger oh, without making man. a noise like it's the most badass thing i've ever seen and she like knows oh, what's coming yeah. it's like she's seen to the future it's it's yeah. just like she just snaps oh, it and it's like okay uh, what's next yeah yeah well that I, mean, I don't need this vestigial item anymore for some reason her no just pulling, oh just crazy like crazy badass like for, for some reason her pulling off her coat and just having one sleeve is like the hottest thing i've ever seen <laughs> I'm not here to I argue don't with you. Know why? <laughs> it's just the sleeve choice is just. I find it like, just jaw dropping. It's showstopper. Oh. It's a showstopper. It's really? just, ugh. and they're both. I mean, they're also good. I mean, the, it's crazy that though. Like, like at the end, her guts start spilling out. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. It's woo. Um, she's great it's too. Awesome. I mean, it's so rad. Elena is like, I mean, the also the death of Alma with the water heater is so like, is so smart and inventive. How she just ties the garret, um, garretine around the water heater. It's just like, it's it again. It does not. It does not hold. Uh, 
hold back any punches. No, it just, yeah. no it's all on the Goes field. It's it. all on it's the field. It's truly a circus. It's a circus. Yeah. It is a circus. Um, and it's a dance. And it is uh, one more cliches can we bring into this? <laughs> Ico Wise has gravitas. Have we mentioned gravitas? Like gravitas bingo, cards. Great. Great. bingo yeah. cards at home can check that one off now. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. No. I, I. I. I'm so Jordan. I'm so glad you chose this movie. Um, Me too. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily know who else would have chosen it. Um, I think people. Mo- I wish more people would have. But like, or Ooh. would. I don't know. Um, but. I think that this movie is great um, and I'm glad we were able to talk about it. Um, Thank you so much for having me. I am so glad I got to evangelize about this movie. Mm. We're, we, we, we should be saying that to you because thank you so much for coming on. Of like yes. it's been a this delight. was so Absolutely. much fun. Um, you, I've really appreciated your work for a long time now. Thank um, you. I appreciate thank, that. I think you're great on Twitter. Um, and I yeah, really, and I really, you know, yeah. I, th- I think uh, I'm just so glad we were able to work this out and thank you yeah. so much for coming on. Uh, where can everyone find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U. And I also have my Patreon now, which is just patreon.com slash Cruciola, where <laughs> I write about things like uh, the asexual romance that is the movie Thoroughbreds, the Good incredible movie. elite fighting ability of Tony Jaa, um, in any context, but specifically the the power of the Tony Jaw flying knee. And, you know, we're talking about horror. We're talking about action mostly. And you know what we've got today is we have a defense of Blade Trinity. I was going to say, I was going to say, I, I saw my that. My featured writer, Harmony Moon, Harmony colon jello, Nate Moon. Uh, so go on and check it out. Check us out. We're having a fun time. Pay this woman. That's great. Yep. Um, Jack, where can everyone find you on the internet? I don't know. No, no. <laughs> first, out, out of all the episodes, this is the first time. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, my Twitter is uh, Jack A. Draper. <clears throat> and my writing is on The Simple Cinephile and uh, Cineflix Daily. Can be found there. I can be found at Clayful100 on Twitter, on Instagram, on Letterboxd. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast, you know, rate, review. Um, give us those five stars. Really appreciate it. Um, you can follow us on, our pod, on their Twitter account, our podcast Twitter account, at ETTpod. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail on Anchor. Um, uh, yeah. Next I, week ooh, there is you Certified Copy with Robert Franco. I am very, very different, very different movie from this. I have not seen I Certified Copy. All right, but I'm a I'm a big Kirstami is one of my favorite directors. I'm I'm, well, I'm a big so Benoche head, so I'm I'm glad I'm glad we're, we're going to talk oh, yeah. about some Benoche. <laughs> it's about <laughs> goddamn Binoche. time. Yeah, it really is, honestly. Um, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we will. Uh, oh wait, is there anything else? No. Okay, never mind. Um, oh, just remember, defund the police. Black Lives Matter, and we'll see you next time. Uh, next to the 2010.